Hey folks, just wanted to let you know that we kind of ramble on for about the first 19 minutes of this podcast, so if you're not interested in listening to us ramble and talk about our lives and all that, jump ahead 19 minutes. We'll see you there. Ah. So Heather, have you noticed that Ferns started that story that she stopped back up? Yes, I'm very excited. I've been reading. It's very fun. Yeah. And I just found, um, 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 um what's it called? Blue in the Cauldron? Uh, no. Stray. Oh, you found Stray. So I started Stray today because I was bored. Which one is that one? Is that the year four or is that the year six? It's the year six. So Sirius oh. has gotten away on Buckbeak. Mm. And so I guess maybe it's five. Yeah, it's year four. It's during the Triwizard Tournament. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I've only got a couple of chapters in. So now I read the one that we're doing later on and I I started to read the second one, mm-hmm. but great back creeped me out too much. So I haven't gotten very far. <laughs> Cause I kind of see where it's going and I feel bad for these children. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it says a lot that I can't read it because I really just don't want to go there and think about that kind of stuff. Right. She's so. a good author. I sent. Yep. And because... Wow. Everybody sounding garlic. Yeah, you went kind of crazy. Yeah. There's only three of us. Oh, you know why? It's because that kid. Hang on. I got to go get the kid off the other computer. Uh, the, the kid? <laughs> the kid? I have a child now. Oh. I have two men living with me. Oh, really? Oh, brother. My and, brother um, and Calvin. My nephew are here. And Calvin has been online all day playing online computer games. So I'm going to have to go yell at him. And say, oh, he, can't, he can't play online games while I'm podcasting. Because... We only have three Hopefully of us. I don't think it is. But, yeah. Well, you go do that. I have to go put ice cream back in the freezer, so. That would probably be a good thing. And Trisha can read another yeah. minute. I'll keep on reading. All right, I'll be back. Are you still going to school, or are you done yet? Yes, I'm still going to school. I have I have another two years left. Just because it just takes a while, so. Oh, okay. Honey, you've got more degrees than I do. <laughs> Oh, don't say that. Oh, I got to tell you guys about what happened to me at a wedding. Ooh, okay. Did I tell you guys yet? Oh, it's, 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 it's hilarious. No, tell us what happened at a wedding. Okay, so I go with the guy that I'm seeing mm-hmm. to this wedding. And so we are go- so we go into the church and I'm like, I have to go pee. So I go, go pee, come back out and run right into a groomsman. The groomsman, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. The groomsman turned around. It's Bill. He was in my wedding. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, oh. and we kind of looked at each other very, very stunned. I haven't seen this man probably in about seven plus years. He's like, Trisha. I go, Bill. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and we we do nice pleasantries. And I looked over, and there's Christian, and I'm like, oh, Christian, this is Bill. Bill, this is Christian. Christian looks at me and goes, how do you know each other? And Bill and I just kind of looked at each other and went, um. <laughs> and I looked at Christian, and I go, that's awkward. What? Yeah, that's a little awkward. Oh, no, it gets even better. <laughs> go into church, and Christian's like, okay, so you're going to tell me how you know him? I go, he was in my wedding. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, wow. <laughs> He goes, that is awkward. I go, yeah. I go, this is what you call a really freaking small world. And he's like, yeah. Then we get to the reception. 
we sit down. I look up, two tables over. There's two more friends of my ex. The best oh, nice. thing is, it was his best man. Is one of them. <laughs> oh, that's awkward. <laughs> I look at Christian and I go, oh shit. I go, my world just came collapsing down on top of me. Again, I haven't seen these men in, in a really, really long time. I'm thinking to myself, I really want to go home. Mm-hmm. And Christian's like, you know what? He goes, be the bigger person. Why don't you just go and say hi to him? And I'm like, yeah, but first I need a couple more drinks. <laughs> oh, I do that. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, oh crap, please, no, no. Well, he comes over and I and I say, hey, you know what? They were absolutely wonderful to me. They were well, really cool. Hey, it ended up being really nice. So, <laughs> oh, sorry, Trisha, I did the same thing yesterday. Well, except for it wasn't X. My brother's friend called and they were going to go to a rodeo yesterday, and it was 90 degrees, and they said. Sitting in the bleachers in a rodeo doesn't sound like fun. We said, no, let's go to the river. And the friend said, oh, the river is really icky right now. Let's go to a lake. We said, all right. So we threw the dog and the three of us got in the van and we drove up to this lake. And we'd been in contact with my brother's friend, whose name is Chris. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, there's a line to get in, but people are leaving. So we should be able to get in pretty quick. I'm going to pay your parking for you because it's 10 bucks. We said, cool. And then he called back and he said, I can't, they won't let me pay your parking, but you'll just have to pay it. And we said, okay. He said, we're going to go to the lake and we'll just look for you. We said, okay. So we get there and there's people everywhere. And, you know, we've got all our stuff. We've got tubes and we've got the dog and we've got water. and It's hotter than heck. And we look for them and we can't find them. So Mike says, all right, I'm going to dump the stuff here and I'm going to go the opposite direction around the other way of the lake. And see if I can find him. I said, okay, I'm going to stay here with the dog because she's got to be in the shade because she's black and it's too hot. Oh, and yeah. So people get up from a table that's underneath the tree and it's in perfect shade and they start leaving. And I'm like, cool, I'm going over there. And as I head for the table, people on the blanket next to the table get up and move. And I'm like, dang, missed it. But I just walked over and I said, you know, the dog needs shade. I said, okay, if we kind of share. And they said, yeah, no problem. Love Oregon, Gonians there. Well, actually, we were in Washington, but still, you know, they're really nice people. So we were hanging out, and my brother's friends saw me from the river. They were actually out in a raft with the cooler in the boat, with their hats and sunglasses on, paddling around with a little inner tube tied to their little raft boat, paddling around. So we waved them in, and they went the opposite direction. I don't know where they went. I think they went looking for my brother. And my brother comes back and this other guy comes from the opposite direction. And I'm like, I know him. And it's one of my brother's other friends. And, you know, I've seen this guy like once or twice. And so I said, Mike, is that Chris? Also named Chris, of course. I said, Mike, is that Chris? And he's like, Chris. I said, no, no, the other, you know, the other Chris. And he's like, I don't know. And he's looking at him. He's like, well, it kind of looks like him from the back. I said, I'm going over to ask. So I walked over and I'm like, hi, are you Chris? And he turned around and lucky for me, Michael was behind me because he recognized Mike. He wouldn't have known me from Adam, but, and he's like, hi. And so they, you know, big hugs all around. And we're like, have you ever been to here before? He's like, no, first time ever. And we're like, yeah, us too. And so all of these people that knew each other went to high school, college together. All of us just yeah. like converged on this lake at the same time. It was hysterical. So we hung out and Mike and Calvin and, Chris and his girlfriend, Lisa, got in the boats in the inner tubes and they floated out into the lake, but Bonnie wouldn't swim. So I couldn't take her very far. Uh -huh. 
So I was kind of sitting there and I was feeling kind of sorry for myself because it was me and the dog sitting there when everybody else was out playing. And I'm like, I should have stayed home. I could have got work done. And pretty soon I can see my brother and he's standing on something. I'm like, what in the world is he doing? And they're clear across the lake, but they're getting closer and they're getting closer. And I'm like, he's on a log. How is he standing on a log and it's not rolling? He's really good. And he's got a dislocated shoulder. So for him to be standing calmly on a log and not falling off is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So they get closer. Oh, I'm impressed just by standing on the log and not falling off. I know. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I was, I was pretty impressed. So I tied the dog to a root and I swam out to them. And, you know, she was cool. She just kind of laid down where she could watch me and she didn't freak out, which was neat. And they had found this great log that was flat. It had been in the water so long that it had, like, half of it had rotted away. And uh-huh. they, thought, they said, we thought you'd like this. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. So we swam it all the way to shore, and I got up and untied the dog, and I walked out onto it, and she followed me. We set sail. So the dog and I got to sail across the lake on the log. Oh, cool. And she had a great time. She was, like, digging at it and chewing on it. And she only <laughs> fell in once. Somebody rolled it a little bit, and she went over. But she had a really good time. She was, she was kind of shaking at first, like, I don't know about this. But she did. She looked like she had fun. And we cooled off because it was very warm yesterday and i know the rest of you guys have been like hot 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 but we're not used to hot 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 it's finally cooled off here i was gonna say it's actually really nice now mm-hmm. yeah. yeah we had two days of 100 which you know when you don't have any air conditioning is tough yeah mm-hmm. mm, it's actually very nice right now it was 75 oh, today do you, like oh. that was just amazing that's like your weather <laughs> yeah yeah, mm-hmm. I went cool. running. I went running today by fingers, and it was it was really nice. It was perfect weather. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was my first road trip in them. Ooh, yeah. I saw oh, your your new shoes. Yeah, aren't they cute? I saw somebody with those kinds of shoes yesterday, and I thought of you at the lake. <laughs> I've like, seen hey. them, and I just feel like I used to wear toe socks, and so I get that they can be comfortable. You know what it feels like? It feels like you have isotoner gloves on, but on your feet instead. Wow. That's what they feel like. Yeah. And I got to run on some, because I was going down, you know, you know, the main road that I, I go, I run down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I and, see you running there. <laughs> yeah. Because you see me running there every once in a while. Yeah. It had some rocks and gravel and stuff like that. So I just ran over it and I could feel my foot conforming around the rock, but not, but it didn't hurt. Like, well, you know, good. how you on rocks and it hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, there's a little grates when you go down this road for all the like backwater and stuff like that to go into the drains. Well, I'm like, okay, I'm going to try what it feels like going over crates. Well, I've learned not to go over the crate. That just <laughs> felt really weird because my toes went right into the crate itself. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like that. I bet. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think I would like that either. And I'm putting a big fat kitty right now. I haven't seen her in a while. Your kitty? Yeah, my kitty. So, have you heard about Ryan? Well, he's getting kitties. Yeah. What are their names? Well, their names right now are Sammy and Nugget. Okay. But they're thinking about changing them. Uh, He just said, I deliberated more on my cat condo than I did on my last two cars. (laughs) You're going to be a kitty person. Very interesting. Yeah. To see how this goes, but I'm excited. And they're really cool looking cats. Ow! Don't fight me. I know you want my attention. <laughs> oh dear. 
I haven't been home for a while. So she's like, you got to pay attention to me now. I'm looking at the picture of the orange cat because you're talking about it. <laughs> and I guess someone said he appears to be well-read. Doesn't it look like a graduation photo? I'm laughing at the post cat. He looks like it really he's look in like... a graduation photo. He does. <laughs> he's funny. <laughs> that one is Nugget. Okay. And the brownish one with the pretty eyes. That's Sammy. And I would say Sammy has a Maine Coon in her. Okay. And I told him that because I said, if you want a good cat, you want a Maine Coon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Or you want a Haley cat like I have. Mm-hmm. A Haley cat. And uh, my cousin Haley, they need to get Mama Cat um, fixed because yeah. <laughs> Mama Cat keeps on having cats. <laughs> and Flurry was born in a barn. She's a barn cat. Yeah, so she was a barn cat. And she was born on top of the rafters. And when Mama Cat was able to get them down, what she did was um, she dropped them into the cow poop. Nice. So they had soft landing. Well, yeah, she's kind of smart. We found nice. Flora in the cow poop. She's oh a my cow God, poop Flora. Kitty. Yeah. And now she, she probably couldn't stand to be out in the farm now. No, you spoil her rotten. Yeah, well, no, I don't spoil her rotten. Christian spoils her rotten. She, he, Okay, the poor man. He's allergic to her anyhow. Right. So nothing, nothing's funnier than watching a 12-pound cat take down over a 200-pound man mm-hmm. and uh, have him run out of your apartment when he can't breathe anymore. <laughs> and next week, I'm going to squee. Next week on Tuesday, I get to go stay in the J.K. Rowling room. Where's that at? Whatever. Oh. Yeah. We found the pictures last week. They finally updated them. It's a four-poster bed, and there's racing rooms on the wall, and there's witches' hats on the wall. And that's all Ooh. I can see. So I can't wait. I get to go spend the night in Harry's room. That's good. Yeah. So where where is it at? Like, what? where it's are you going? It's the Sylvia Beach Hotel, and I believe it's in Lincoln City. It might okay. Be is that, like, Oregon or yeah, Washington? or? Oh, okay. It's, it's actually right on the coast. You can see a um, lighthouse from it. Mm-hmm. And if you walk out of the hotel and, you know, walk forward, you're in the water. Okay. So it's really, well, that's nice. really nice. Yeah. And they nice. have like themed rooms. I've read, like, I've read stories that have those in it. So that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. They've got, um, I think they have like 15 rooms and every room's dedicated to a different author. That's this awesome. is the old Edgar Allan Poe room, I think. Oh. And they changed So it's definitely going to have like the gothic feel, but. Yeah, well, they used to have a pendulum that swung over the bed, and people wouldn't sleep in the bed, so they had to stop the pendulum. Yeah, I, I don't mind. Yeah, I'll be right back. Hold on. So, and there's a Dr. Seuss room, and there's E.B. White, and Shakespeare, Tolkien. So, Ooh, all Tolkien. All different ones. And oh, I, wonder what, there. I wonder what the Tolkien one would be like. I don't know. They're all pencil drawings, so they're really hard to really tell what's in each room. Oh. What are the other rooms? Tolkien. They used to be E.B. White, but I'm not sure if she's st- that one's still there if they changed that one out, too. Hang on. What Oops. did E.B. White do again? Um, Peter, not Peter Rabbit. Um, Charlotte's Web. Oh, that's right. I Peter thought that's what it was. Because Peter Rabbit was Beatrix Potter. Mm-hmm. So they have the classics Hello? are. Oh. Can you hear us? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I can. Agatha Am I breathing Christie? again? Sorry. 
right. Agatha Christie, Colette, Mark Twain, and then there's Alice Walker, Dr. Seuss, Emily Dickens, F. Scott Fitzgerald, Hemingway, Norman Melville, Jane Austen, J.K. Rowling, Lincoln Steffens, Shakespeare, Steinbeck, Tennessee Williams, Virginia Woolf, and the novel rooms are Gertrude Stein, Oscar Wilde, Robert Louis Stevenson, and Tolkien. I like Oscar Wilde. Faces. So is it just you going, or are you going with your mom? I was going to have Calvin go with me, because we thought he'd really like that. Who, Calvin is? My nephew. Oh, okay. He's 10. But it's a double bed, and, uh, you know. And they yeah. said there's no way to put a trundle bed in there. I was so. going to say, I mean, uh, sorry, I know how Auric sleeps, yeah. so <laughs> I can just imagine. Yeah. I yeah, love that it. one's really pretty. It's got the book with Harry's glasses on it. And the cage. The cage. You have to take pictures of them and put them up. Yeah, I will. It looks like there's a hat. Yeah. Oh, no, there's another hat. Hat. Are you, hat's going to be jealous. Oh, that has to be in the next sorting. <laughs> don't tell Don't tell that. <laughs> Can hat hear? I'm sorry. I don't mean to be loud. <laughs> yeah, he's actually on the table over there. Hat! Guess what? Hat! I wore him for the sorting the other day. Yeah. All right, it's getting late. We got to start this. We'll never get yep. done. Yeah, I got running club tomorrow. <laughs> so what? Like to catch up? Like what did you guys? I know you talked about. You know what? Um, your glasses are hitting though. Ah, uh, fiddlesticks! Like, come on. <laughs> I, I'm actually podcasting in my glasses tonight, so let me know if you hear mine. I put my mic up higher, and I could tell it was hitting, so I moved it down lower, but. It's either I'm breathing or my glasses hit. What do you want? Do you uh, want me to not breathe? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I finally listen, I listened to her, uh, the podcast today. <laughs> last one that just came out. <laughs> oh, I haven't listened to the last one because I don't think I've read that story yet. So I tend to like to wait. Yeah, it's a one read. shot, so that one's pretty easy. Yes. You know broadcast. what? I keep forgetting that what we read. <laughs> I'm like, I read this book? I'm like, really? I'm like, oh, yeah, I did. Ferns really did come out well, though. I'm really pleased. You know, she's been coming to the forum almost every day. She's playing Muggles and Minions. Oh, my God, Muggles and Minions is awesome. So if you're listening out there, you really need to join. It's kind of amazing. (laughs) I didn't realize how far it had gotten, and I went to look at it the other day, and I was like, oh, wow, they're already playing. I was going to do this, and I didn't get to it, so. So there is a part, and I'm sure that by the time this comes out, it'll be way over, but it went into our PM, so Swish and Flick was, like, PMing us, mm-hmm. and a part, like, I kept talking about the Matrix and the red pill and the blue pill, and I just wanted Swish and Flick to, like, laugh at me or, like, send back, like, out of character, like, uh-huh. like, I just kept, like, it, it kept going and going, and I'm like, well, I am a muggle. I'm supposed to know about these things, but yeah, I was, like, talking about the red pill and the blue pill. And I was like, so this is what it, it's like to take the red pill. <laughs> and I was like, come on, someone has to find it funny. Aww, I don't know Colin. if he did or not. <laughs> he probably did. So, you know, we hear that when uh, this comes out later, yes, I, I was joking about the Matrix. But it's really fun. So next game, you should join. Okay. i got to figure this thing out. But it does look like fun. Yeah. I think you can still join. I mean, he the one thing opened and... There's still time to join, so. For Friday, July 13th, this is episode 147 of Potter Fit Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Hey, Ron. The next time you're... Previously on Potter Fit Weekly. 
Where would you like to start, Sue? Well, let's start at the beginning. That would be awesome. My resolutions for this Potterfic weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Potterfic whatever. Oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? Yeah. Okay, what did I miss? My Am I surrounded did. by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. you are. Yes, you are. Apparently, I'm Jen, and I don't know my outfit. No, she's the poster child for our podcast. <laughs> oh, shit. I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. <laughs> I think that's two, and that could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants, not oh. trousers. Waterpick Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. <laughs> but I was planning on getting grammar anytime soon. Really, honestly. <laughs> Saxon Snorkax, two of my favorite subjects. I love Snape. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> We'll always laugh before the end. Father, think we please where the story never ends. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly. I'm Sue. This is Oliver's gal. This is Trisha. And we are the Hufflepuffs. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? Did you know this? How hard it was for us to go, okay, do I go now or do I wait for Trisha to go now? Uh, I'm like, all right, uh, I'm just going to take uh, it right now. <laughs> oh, that's all right. I was sitting in the middle. I wasn't even noticing that she was um introducing us well, for the podcast because I was, I was sitting here trying to speed read. Uh-huh. Okay. And I keep getting distracted because uh, I'm assuming it's Hurricane Irene. Yes. Yeah. Is, uh, Where did all the other ones go? Like, I mean... Have we just not sh- had that bad of a... Sorry. We apparently haven't. Right now it's got a closed eye. Okay. I had to read that oh. three times and go, what are they talking about? Oh, wait. Hurricane. Got it. Eye. All right. I got it. So... You know what? You know what, Heather? I mean, don't say anything about how it's been nice or anything like that because it's going to... You're going to jinx us like you did the I know. Because, like, we did with the pirates, and we did with the snow, so we really just need to hush up and not say anything. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I'll try to remember and cut that. Make me a note somewhere. We'll cut. Did not have good weather. It wasn't yeah. 70 today. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> we are so very bad. Uh, today we are going to be starting uh, reviewing the second story in the Bear series. This one's called Harry Potter Connections, and we're going to find out what happens in Harry's second year. Anybody want to figure out what the connection is? Yeah. But it kind of follows along the path of, in canon, his third year. Right. So after what happened last year, like, I always kept thinking, all right, I was like, this is planned, they did this, and I had to, like, piece it all together, Mm -hmm. particularly with rereading and everything like that, because this one is a really big reveal you know you as the reader have known you know from the beginning just based on on the whole plot of the story but now the other characters are starting to find out so it's always interesting in literature like when you the reader are like no you're stupid or of course adam's good because he's harry potter and in uh 
and lost and everyone's just uh, like on his back. Like I was, I was rereading last night and, uh, not last night, but Saturday I read lost and I'm like, stupid Dumbledore. Like I was really angry at Dumbledore and I was also very angry at Ron, but then really he's perfectly in character the way he is. Mm -hmm. The reason why Ron likes Harry is because they were friends. Had they not been friends, you know, right. Ron's reactions are, are in character, in canon, you know, just switching that little bit. So it, it's frustrating because I do like Ron. The good parts of Ron mm-hmm. I tend to ignore some of, of his bad parts. But, uh, it, yeah, you know, it was hard to read that again. But things are working out. So starting. <laughs> so we uh, we start the story back. In Godric's Hollow in 1981. On Halloween. Yep. It always comes back to Halloween. It does. And last week, we didn't know for sure that he is Harry Potter. And so Mm -hmm. there were a lot of predictions. P.S. was predicting. I think he's Harry Potter. Had P.S. not read this yet? No. So. Ah. so, And I can't remember. Trisha, were you predicting Harry Potter as well? Yeah, I was predicting Harry Potter. He was Harry Potter. Yes. So we are at Godric's Hollow and Lord Voldemort. And I love that it's always Lord Voldemort. It is always Lord Voldemort. Uh, breaks in and we get the, you know, line from the, the actual canon. Lily, take Harry and go. It's him. Go run. I'll hold him off as James leaps up. Doesn't he not have the wand, though, in canon? Yes, that is correct. He does not. He is wandless in canon. But I think... This was written December 14th, 2009-ish. It was written in 2009. We didn't know about that then. Right. So, and, you know, Bully kills him right away and goes up. It's kind of, I like the way it says that the light hits James Potter and his momentum causes his body to keep moving forward for a second. And then he crumples. Yeah, I think that's a really good um, description of, like, you could really see it happening. It was a really good way to describe the action. And I think I, you know, in things that I've written, I'm very, very much the sciencey person in me. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm not good at describing those things that give you that visual aha mm-hmm. moment. Right. So, you know, big kudos to Bear on, you know, putting those words together to make that, that perfect little two cut like couple word sentence mm-hmm. give you everything you need to know. Right. And she's barricading the door and he goes it and uh you know, stand aside, you silly girl, stand aside and she's like, Not Harry, have mercy and, you know, stand aside because he's already thought, Okay, I promise Snape I try not to kill her. Yeah. And he kills her too and then goes after Harry and the green light leaves the tip of his wand and it strikes the child on the right side of his forehead. It says, suddenly Lord Voldemort's entire being was filled with pain and terror. It felt as if his very soul was being stretched as it attempted to leave the world, but was prevented from doing so. Some immeasurable amount of time later, the sensation of his body fell away and he began to have some understanding of the world around him through a haze of pain. He was still in the room. However, it seemed faded and lifeless. The child was still there crying and was bathed in a brilliant white glow. The pain was receding now and he could think again. I mean, it's really neat to see from his yeah. point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Very, I like the imagery. 
a lot. And definitely when it gets a little bit lower and he talks about, and like the imagery that is that he's trying to put his hand down, but he has no hand and he tries Mm -hmm. to, you know, he tries to lift his body up, but there's no body. So it's very much like he is sort of this wisp of a, a being that right. they show in the movies, but it really gives that perspective of what it's like to be that Goldie baby. Right. Goldie baby. <laughs> <laughs> and we have good foreshadowing here, which we probably wouldn't, well, I wouldn't even say that. Um, good foreshadowing here in that his tortured soul leaves the Godric's Hollow, leaving a crying baby and a rat that was skittering up the path. And we know, I mean, like, the foreshadowing was there also in the first one, because we know that in the setup of the prologue from Lost, Wormtrail was was outside. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we keep learning a little bit more about why this is happening. Right. Anybody got a prediction? I already read, I've already, I already know what it is. So what's your prediction? My prediction, Wormtrail's the one that put them in the bushes. Okay. Find them. Interesting prediction. We will just have to see. We will. (laughs) This is fun. I'm the person that likes to read ahead in the book. Yeah, we can't spoil our listeners. We can't Mm -hmm. spoil our listeners, and I don't. I am with you, but that's why you have to find out what we're reading three months in advance and and have caught up to everything (laughs) right now. (laughs) You're on the. You're on the last part. You're waiting to find out what the heck happened. I know. Someone's asked me, like, why do you read ahead in the book? I go, I go, that's how I know if this book is good, where I'll jump ahead uh, in the book, in the pages in the book, and just read a paragraph and stop, and then go back to where I was reading. But every book that I have. Yeah, I'm very much like that, too. Like, everything that I usually read, I get to a point where I think I know where it's going. And I have it set in my mind. I'm like, okay, this is going to do this, this. And so I can piece it together, and then I want to know what happens. So I'll go and read the last chapter and figure it out. Now, and see if the ultimate solution is there, that yes, they live, no, they don't, like, what have you. And then I go back and read it because the journey's still there to figure out how they did it. I'm just curious if I'm right or not. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, like every nine book times I have, out of ten, And nine times out of ten, I am. Like... I can usually, like, I won't, I haven't spoiled myself because that's what I thought was going to happen anyway. Right. What were you going to say, Trisha? I don't like surprises anyhow, so that's always good for me. Yeah, I don't like surprises either. (laughs) I mean, now that That I have a surprise. No, that was not cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but now that I have a Kindle, I can't do it as easily, and it's been pissing me off. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I'm like, I can't jump ahead like I used to. I'm like, this Kindle sucks. <laughs> but it's, it's great, but it's still, it's just like, um, I, I just got finished with the Dragon Tattoo series. Oh right. my god. That was, that was an excellent series. That was great. Ooh. Loved it. I need to read The Help. I went to see the movie, but I just got, anyway. I just got the book. I'm just anyway. reading it now. We digress. We do. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> So we have Albus, who is, it's still October 31st, 1981, and he's come back to his office from a very enjoyable feast, and his instruments are glowing, and all of a sudden he realizes that the one that's monitoring the potter's house is red, and he tries to flu, and of course there's no way to go. 
through the flu. And so now he's really freaked out and he runs out of the office and tries to get to the school grounds, uh, the perimeter of the school grounds so he can apparate to Patrick's Hollow. Why couldn't he just pick Fox? I don't know. He didn't think of that. Well, I mean, he is human. I'm sure that in a panic, Dumbledore doesn't always think of things through because I'm sure oh. that he didn't think that Sirius would betray the Potters. Right. Problem is, it wasn't serious. Well, do we know that? <laughs> well, yes, we do, because we're in Kettle. Yeah. So, we have the next chapter, and it's Remus, June 19th, <laughs> 1993. <laughs> this right. is a very Remus thick thick. Yeah. It's very you nice. should have liked it very much. Yeah. I haven't got through the whole thing, yeah. <sighs> okay, anyway. So... <laughs> He's sleeping and he's got this voice, Remus Lupin, Remus Lupin, wake up. And, you know, he's like, it's Dumbledore. And Remus is like, can you give me five minutes to get dressed? I, I really don't want you to catch me in my jammies. And I, I totally understand this. I got caught the other day. The uh, electric company has an easement through our property. And mm-hmm. I heard him coming up the driveway and I'm like, oh, crud, here come people. And, you know, I was in my jammies. Trying to like stick my head around the door, and he's like, "Hi, we're gonna go across your property, okay?" I'm like, "Fine, go no way, don't stop." Yeah, so just I ignore understand. the person in their jammy still. Isn't that late? It's early. Go away. Calvin's still in his jammies, and it's you know seven o'clock at night. So <laughs> I keep forgetting that you're on the west coast, and that it's not dark in the evening, and you know it's still probably light out. And yeah, it is. So. Dumbledore has a job for Remus. He wants Remus to go investigate Adam. And he wants him to go see if he can figure out where he came from and what's gone on in his life. And Dumbledore at this point knows who he is. But he doesn't believe it. Blood test, right. Yeah. And he doesn't believe it. He wants, you know, it confirmed. So, and I, I love him, you know. The boy's an enigma. He was sorted into Gryffindor, but he shows skills that are associated with Slytherin. He's a parcel mouse. Yeah. It's very uh, interesting to see. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. It's very interesting to see what Dumbledore feels like. You know, it, this character who has similar traits to Harry, but we don't know for sure if it's Harry. But it's interesting to see that without knowing exactly who a person is, Dumbledore's just as prejudice is maybe mm-hmm. the best word about things, but I feel like he has learned from his mistakes. Like, he doesn't want to be taken in like Tom took him in. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, so is, he's cautious. Right. Yeah, this is a little bit of wiser Dumbledore. Yeah. It's kind of annoying, because you want Dumbledore to be, particularly in, like, the earlier books when he is that grandfatherly sweet, you know, wise old man figure Whereas now you're getting more of, of like, the the Dumbledore. Earlier, you're seeing the Dumbledore we saw as of late, the more manipulative, the harsher, mm-hmm. the darker Dumbledore. Right. Right. So then we switch back to Adam. And when we left Adam in the last story, he was in a ministry car being taken somewhere for the summer. And he has told Dumbledore that, he will not go back to a home, and he's told Minerva that. 
And of course, Dumbledore isn't paying any attention and he's left the ministry to take care of it. And of course, the ministry has flubbed it up. Mm-hmm. And so here we go. And he's been taken to a home and he's not happy about it. But at this point, he's what like, else is he going to do? Yeah. What can I do? There's nothing I can do. I'm 12 and there's nothing like, I can you know, do. Yeah. You can only do so much. Right. And it's, you know, I think it would probably have been an okay place. The The woman who's running it seems like a fairly kindly person. Mm-hmm. He's got his own room. So... Probably, it probably would have been okay. However... Yeah. There's a young man who is from one of his previous homes there. And he already knows him as a freak and hates him. And so Kyle is going to make his life a living hell. I want to punch Kyle all the time. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, if Kyle hadn't been there, I think think he would have been been okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he really tries. you got to give him credit. He's trying really hard to stay out of his way. He's trying really hard not to get mad. It feels like um, Kyle has one of those, um, what is it called? Psychopath? Well, he's a psychopath, but it's, it's more of like, it's like a narcissistic psychosis disorder. And I'm not saying this right. I'm sorry to those out there who, who know more. But basically, it's a part of being a psychopath, but they have, they have no, it's all about them and what you're hurting them. They lash out because they feel like you've done things to, like that that person mm-hmm. and they just sort of find that weak link and will keep picking and picking and picking because it makes them feel good. Right. And I'm not thinking of the right word, but I've read a couple books about it and it's something that they can, people can get away with it in in their life and but they find that weak link and they find that person that they can take advantage of and just basically morally demoralize them. Right. And mm-hmm. it's not, you know, like just trying to weather the storm of is this going to be the nice person? Is this going to be the nice boyfriend or the crazy boyfriend? Like, you know, I have to do yeah, things just so, yeah, so that they don't erupt on me and those sorts of things. It's kind, it's, it's insanely like way like the the psychosis does to people, and it's just there's nothing you can do about it because they're not going to be willing to take the hit. On their, on their ego to say there's something wrong with me. They think they're right all the time. Right. You mean I'm not right? Oh, come on. No, there's a difference between being stubborn and, you know, (laughs) that kind of thing. But that, but it's sort of like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know that you're wrong, but you would never admit it for losing face. But because of that, you take it out on your, your loved ones Mm -hmm. for. Oh, yeah allowing you to be wrong. Meanwhile, if you said anything, they would take it out on you. Like, you can never be right about anything. You're just a punching bag. Right. Know that one very well. So then we switch to Ginny, and it starts off with, and it's about a month later? No, it's about a week later. Um, I I really like how he's doing this, in a way. It's just, um, because maybe maybe I'm going through with the end of the chapter, um, early in the chapters. She's reliving this stuff that she, is her blankness. Right. It's, yeah. It's like um, the scarf has came has come off of these episodes, and now she's just reliving the, these episodes. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's time for pet interruptus here. Oops. 
Alex has come in and he's crawled up on my bed and my jacket's on the bed with snaps on it. And he's just, he's eyeing it like, is that a nipple? Can I suck on it? He tried it and he didn't like it. So now he's just looking at it like, hmm, this didn't work. This thing is is me. I don't like this thing. (laughs) He's so funny. He's such a kitten. He, He got taken away from his mommy way too early. But yes, Ginny is reliving what she did whenever he, whenever Tom took over her body from the diary. And she's, and I like what we find here because then last week we had this discussion. How did he get out of the chamber all the time? And we find out here that she rides the basilisk back. Actually, I found that kind of cool. I was like, in a, a non, like, realizing what it is, but I mean, that's kind of an awesome, like, adventure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not that I support that, you know, Tom taking hold of Ginny and Ginny letting the pascals out, but that would be awesome. Well, and there's the one where uh, he talks the snake out of attacking him, and now the snake is blind and lives in the forest. Oh, yeah, I think it is. And I remember that. It has a name, and it's a fe- it's female. Yeah, and he writes it every once in a while. He, he sees it, and they talk. Yeah. Well, I don't remember whose story it was. But anyhow, it was really cool because he gets to write it. But I thought it was was neat, you know, take me back and jumps up on the snake and the snake. And then obliviates herself. And it's really interesting watching how he words, how the author words this. Because mm-hmm. whenever Tom has taken over her body, it's still Ginny's point of view. But if it's talking about Ginny, it's called that girl or yeah. that girl or whatever. So yeah. I thought that was and really interesting. And if it's Tom doing something through the girl, it's I. Mm-hmm. It, he gave it a lot of thought. Again, like, you know, there there were a couple typos that I'm sure that some people caught and might get, you know, upset by. But really, like, if you look at how he crafted this story, and this is probably, I think, one of his, like, the first things he's ever really written this whole series. It's really pretty brilliant. I mean, mm-hmm. The way he he weaves this all in now, I mean, credit where credit's due, he's done a fabulous job, like, you know, keeping us interested in and these point of views and really this whole Tom Jenny connection thing was really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she wakes up from her dream and she wanders downstairs and her mom's like, "You look pale." She's like, "Yeah, I just had a dream," and she wants to know if there's been any owls. And she's tried to send letters to Adam, and the owls keep coming back. And the first one because there's no such thing as Adam, people. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> yes, there's no such thing as Adam. Okay, Do you have moving a on. Theory there, Trisha. <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> you think but I think I think even if she addressed it, knew and addressed this, the the letters can't talk right now to harry potter they wouldn't have gotten there anyway at least that's my theory i've got a theory yeah i agree with you but you and i know what's happened so yeah but it's been a while since i read it so i can't exactly like i don't think i'm gonna stumble on exactly why because i don't remember the exact wording of what happened so we're good so you know they have a talk and molly says you're worried about him aren't you and she says yeah I am worried, and, and Molly still thinks that he's got parents, and they they've probably they're, taken him away on vacation, and you know. Oh, I'm sure he's well in Australia. Off. 
because one of the big things in the misconception is that he had someone waiting for him with a sign, kind of like, you know, when you go to the airport and you have the chauffeur with the black coat and the black pants or the black hat, they have the sign. So they all think that he's well off. Well, granted, technically, well, no, we're not going there. Um, You know, He's not. He just, it was a ministry person who came to get him. And Jenny's the only one who knows, but is letting her parents and her family think that because it's not her story to tell. Right. And then we jump back to Adam and he's sitting outside reading a book and the other kids are playing ball and he'd love to play with them, but Kyle's there. And so he, he won't do that. And he's just kind of getting depressed and, having a, a bit of self-pity when Kyle yells, throw me the ball, throw the ball. And he ignores him and Kyle gets closer. And the next thing Adam knows, he's face down on the grass and he's been hit in the face with a cricket ball. Which I'm sure that had to hurt. I'm sorry. That, yeah, that yeah. really had to hurt. Cause I, um, I think cricket balls are probably about the same density. Maybe I'm wrong. People correct me. Um, I, I would guess that they're similar enough to a, a baseball. So they're a little bit bigger than a baseball, but not quite as big as a softball. But they're yeah. a hell of a lot harder. Yeah, aren't yeah. they like croquet balls? I mean, aren't they? Yeah, more wood. I would say something like that. Yeah, uh, that would hurt. I mean, yeah, I totally. Poor kid. He's lucky he didn't break his jaw. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, and you know he falls down, and somebody sees him, and and he doesn't think, you know, she says, what happened? And he says, Kyle threw a cricket ball at me. And she's like, oh, I'm sure that was an accident. Come on, let's get you cleaned up. And then, of course, she talks to Kyle. And Kyle says, oh, you've been tattling on me. And he comes to wreak havoc. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, a cricket ball is a hard, solid ball. It's constructive cork and leather, heavily regulated. Sorry, I'm on Wikipedia. That's cool doesn't say like what it's like, but it, it's made from cork and is layered with tightly wound string and covered by a leather case. So it is like a baseball. It really is kind of like a baseball, but I think the it has a harder center because I don't think baseballs are baseballs are hollow. Mm. But I think this is solid. Yeah. So I mean, it, cricket and, and baseball like kind of come from the same parent game, pretty much. Mm-hmm. It's just different methods and rules it's just how they they sort of evolved but they're both they're both very they they come from like the same idea of of a a bat and ball game right so kyle goes in and punches adam a few times and says don't mess with me anymore and adam tries really hard not to do accidental magic and of course kyle has a gang Hmm. remind you of draco anybody I was thinking Deadly. This is his Deadly yeah, counterpart. Yeah, I was really thinking it was a Deadly counterpart, too. So, Poor kid. <laughs> yeah. Was, now, that was a funky sound. I don't know which one sorry. that came from. But it was that me. Was, that was Trisha. I'm sorry. I'm playing with the cat again. She's playing with me. She's biting my elbow. Nice. So, now it's she July 1st. It's July 1st, and Ginny has written Professor McGonagall a letter because... None of the letters are getting to Adam, and could she please check on him? Because she knows where he is. Gotta be careful. Sorry, she just she just bit the back of my head. She just bit the back of my heel. Wow, thinker. So she's feisty today. She missed you. I know she has. And so, Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Nope, you're fine. 
We find out that Ginny's summer has been pretty quiet, although she's still having nightmares. And she's going to have another one right now because she's frustrated and her mind is racing as she's going to bed because she's worried about Adam. and That just kind of sets her up for this nightmare. And it's and, about, about killing the roosters. Yeah. And uh, we find out that Hagrid actually caught her. But she obliviated him, which I question the validity of. I mean, I get it for the story. Like, it makes it work. But I just wonder if it would actually work given his... Um, he's only half his giant. troll. Yeah. yeah. However, he is half human, so it probably Maybe is been, possible. Mm-hmm. Maybe she hit him in the right spot. Yeah. Well, and if you're thinking that it's Tom's magic and Tom's spells, even though it's through her... I think that she probably has more powerful magic than well, I think if she it, was doing it on her own. Yeah, well, the thing is, Jenny's pretty powerful in her own right, though, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe, I mean, it's it's completely possible. I mean, I know stunning spells don't ne- necessarily work, but there's a lot of other magic that doesn't work on him, like the polyjuice potion and things like that. So, I, I was just kind of curious as to what all of you thought. Like, do you think they it's don't? realistic that he could have been obliviated? Yes. It, uh, polyjuice potion doesn't work because that's what they, that's why they didn't question him in the seventh book after the seven potters. Right. Well, I never knew that. Nah, I just learned something new. It's one of the lines that Lupin says, why didn't you question me? Well, you're, you're half giant. It doesn't work. We know it wasn't you. And that's why they were all at each other's throats because they've oh. been betrayed. And he's like, mm-hmm. why not me? <laughs> like, Hagrid, you're half giant. It doesn't work like that. So, Right, right. Didn't think about that. Huh. Yeah. So, Obliviate, we, we agree that we think this could work or we think that it's a little bit possible. I feel like Miss Busters. Give them the benefit of the doubt here and say, yeah, he could it. So where are we? Chapter three? I don't uh, think we're on. even past. Are we on chapter three? No, we're only on chapter one. No, what? we're on, we're on two. Chapter, chapter three. One. We're on chapter three, title two. So we're on chapter two. We're on chapter two. Um, okay. Adam, oh. July 7th. Okay. July just got there. 7th. July. July. Oh, okay. July. Yes. Okay. Okay. So he's trying to eat dinner and his jaw hurts because he got hit in the face with a ball. And then he got bounced around the night bus. No, he hasn't got there yet. No, we haven't gone to the night bus yet. Uh, oh. We're getting there to the night bus. Oh, oh, he oh, oh. To, he, he I'm sorry. Speed up first. Yes. The, the, uh, cricket ball. Yes. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry, but does anybody else find this remarkable, the fact that we have Adam getting bounced on by the cricket ball and Dan not able to play cricket for 10 years <laughs> because they were afraid he was going to hurt his face? <laughs> oh, no, I didn't know that fact. <laughs> he was so happy when they were done filming because that meant he could go play cricket again. <laughs> Aww. Well, you know, that face is worth a lot of money. Yes, yeah. it is. Speaking of which, I have this, like, undesirable, or this desirable urge to, like, just hop on a plane to New York to go and see how to succeed in business without really trying. Mm-hmm. I have until January. We'll see if this happens. I'm telling you, he was amazing in Equus. I saw it. I I definitely agree. He he is very talented, and definitely did not think of him as Harry Potter in that that sense. Like he he definitely did a really good job. 
playing a darker character. And I, I really like the whole the story of how to succeed in business. And I happened to find a copy of the movie on Netflix, and I really can see him in it. The character that's traditionally been played in the past doesn't have to be the, the greatest of singer. They're kind of like quirky. Mm-hmm. So he fits very well for this what revival. What say? He's a bad singer? No, it's just that <laughs> the range for the singer isn't very big. It's not like he, it's, it's not like it's the family opera. It's not, it's a very normal range that anyone could pretty much sing. Well, I, for the I'm, male lead. I'm really amused by the fact that when Dan finishes his run, it's going to be the, Dar- Darren. The Chris. person who's picking it up is Darren Chris, yeah. who also played <laughs> Harry. Right. <laughs> Underneath these stairs, I hear the sneers and feel the glares of my cousin, my uncle, and my aunt. I can't believe how cruel they are, and it stings my lightning scar. They'll never. Ever give me what I want. Well, and what amuses me is that he was interviewed, he and two other people from Glee were interviewed by some talk show host. Mm-hmm. And the talk show host said, so, you're going to go do this and, and you're taking over from Daniel Radcliffe. And, and he's like, yeah, I, I seem to be following him or something. And the talk show host, totally deadpan, had no clue she said it, went, wouldn't it be funny if Harry Potter was a musical? Oh, yeah, you posted that. <laughs> and the Glee people looked at each other and just went, oh, my God. And she had no clue what she'd said. And it was Good research, so lady. funny. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. Google Darren I'm, Chris. I'm sure a Harry Potter musical is going to come up. You'll have oh, to- yeah, it does. I just, I just, he, I just did the, the Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. He played Harry Potter in the, in the very Potter musical. <laughs> You'll have to forgive me because if you if you hear some crunching, it's because I'm devouring my dinner. Yeah, well, and don't talk about it because I haven't had mine yet. I'm having a. Uh, of course, you continue to talk about. It. I'm having a, a baconless tomato sandwiches. Uh, that's <clears> what I had for dinner or for lunch yesterday. And one of our baseball players just had a bug or something fly in his ear. Okay, yeah. that's funny. Well, you know. We did win the series, so it's okay. All right, children. <laughs> my my team sucks, okay? We're nine Shush. places out of first place. <sighs> and Holiday is being taken off the field with his finger stuck in his ear. What the heck did he do? Oh, well. He got stuck. The Brewers are doing surprisingly good this year, so. <sighs> okay, anywho. So Adam is at dinner. He's very excited that Kyle's nowhere around until he goes up to his room and finds out the reason Kyle's not around is Kyle's ransacking his room. And he has forgotten to take his wand with him and he's forgotten to lock his trunk. So Kyle has the magical books. He's got his robes and he's got his wand and they're laughing at him and who here was thinking, oh my god, don't break the wand, don't break the wand, all oh, the wand's going to get broken. Oh, yeah, that's I all I can think about as well. <laughs> I'm like, don't break the damn wand. <laughs> yeah, and yeah Adam, I, was thinking, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> uh, poor Adam, he's just, you know, he's getting madder and madder, and you can't blame him, and Kyle's just being a dick. And, uh, 
Tell us how you really feel, Sue. <laughs> Jeez, that's how you know it is. Should I say this word or not? Ah, I'm going for it. <laughs> and they, so he throws himself at Kyle, which even more scared me that the wand was going to get broken. And they start fighting, and of course, you know, Kyle wins. He's bigger. And Adam does accidental magic and pretty much slams Kyle into the wall. Or a wardrobe. wardrobe. And all he can think of is, oh, please don't let me have killed him. But, you know, not again. Don't, don't let me have killed him. And he sees that he's breathing and he's just like, oh, thank God. Thank God he's breathing. I am leaving. And he throws everything into his trunk and he heads out the door, which of course is locked. So he alohomores it and out into the evening he goes. And, you know, this is just like Harry escaping from Aunt Marge. You know? mm-hmm. And he stops to get a, a robe because it's cold and it's wet. And he accidentally lights the wand and the night bus appears. <laughs> Welcome to the night bus, emergency transport for the stranded witch or wizard. My name is Stan Shunbike and I will be your conductor for this evening. What are you doing down there? I fell over. What you fell over for? Which is always fun. Always fun. What you fall down for? That's all I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> I fell down. What you fall down for? What you fall down for? I don't know. Those are really bad access people. Let's just move on. <laughs> that was not me being Stan Shunpike. That was me being, I don't know, Willis from Different uh, Strokes. I don't know. That's who it sounded like was Willis from Different Strokes. That was my, I've been hanging out in the hood too much. <laughs> uh-huh. and, you know, poor Adam. He's, you know, Stan does this whole thing. It'll be 13 shickles, but for 15, you get hot chocolate, and for 17, you get a hot water bottle and a toothbrush. And Adam counts his money, and he's only got 11 sickles. And he's just like, wow. You know, everything that can go wrong. I like that he thinks, oh, I could go to, I could go to Hogwarts, he'd refresh to McGonagall, but he's like, crap, she's not going to be there. Ginny! Yeah, I'll go to Ginny. Yeah. You know where the Weasleys live? It's a good thing but, the Weasleys are a popular crew. Yeah. And but he only had 11, and Stan lets him on anyway, because he's bruised, bloody, and soaking wet. Right. Like, yeah. Yay it's, for Stan. Yay. Stan's not a bad guy. He just fell into a bad crowd. Well, and yeah. he didn't even, I mean, he wasn't even trying to fall into a bad crowd. He got sucked they in. Were so cool. Yeah. yeah. It was probably the stupid little talking heads that got him in, involved in that stuff. So, you know, really. Take her away, Ern. Yeah, take it away, Ernie. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Hang on, Ernie. Place play there. Bumpy ride. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, so large. He, like it's cool. He gets dropped off. He gets dropped off and he walks up to. And I love that he's, you know, he's looking at the house and it's the craziest yet most amazing building he's ever seen. It's tall. It's got five or six floors and it looks as if it might fall over at any moment. It must be held up by magic. <laughs> and you know, he's a little afraid. What if they send me away? But he's going to. I keep on, I was yelling at him. I'm going, it's no Weasley. They won't send you away. No. 
wait a minute. These aren't the these aren't our Weasleys. These are the Weasleys who, you know, Molly almost choked the living crap out of Adam. So I mean, come on now. Yeah, <laughs> but still. So Ginny and and Ron are playing chess, and of course Ron is winning spectacularly as usual, and. There's nothing else to do, so okay, we'll play another game. And there's a knock at the door, and Mom goes to answer it, and they hear a gasp from the kitchen, and Ginny's like, oh, what's going on? And then they hear Adam's name, and Ginny rushes in and grabs him, and he's shivering and bloody, and poor kid. I know. And, you know, you can tell he's cold because he's stuttering while he's trying to talk, and he's apologizing for just showing up, and... I just wanted to give them hugs. Mm-hmm. And you gotta love Molly. Friends of my children are always welcome here. And that made Ginny's heart swell, too. He tells the story. Well, he starts the story and says that, you know, one of the kids that he knew from before was there and he threatened him and he caught him going through his stuff and, and they, you know, Molly still doesn't understand. Who is this? Why weren't your parents there? And Adam just doesn't have enough strength to really tell the whole story, so. He gets Ginny to do it, and she explains that he was an orphan and found out on the streets and all of that. And he says, and nobody sent me any letters, so I couldn't contact anybody. And Ginny's like, I tried. No. Molly, of course, can heal his nose, which is broken, and she could probably heal the bruise, but it's an old injury, and it'll clear up. And you can spend the night in Bill's room. Excuse me. So they bundle him off to bed, and he's like, I hope you don't mind I'm here, Jenny. And Jenny's like, I'm so glad you're here. Poor thing. I know. Yeah. And we move on to the next chapter. And he's woke up, and he looks at his clothes, and they don't smell good, so he tries to find new clothes and clean clothes, and he's stressed, and Walks down and Ron's right inside and he's like, uh, should I go in? Should I not go in? But Ron's decided that they're going to be mates. So that's cool. Well, and that's good because Ron has finally figured out that Adam is not out to do anything bad to his sister. And that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. Yeah. And he's keeping his sister busy so Ron doesn't have to deal with her. Yay! And the peasants rejoice. <laughs> oh, this is a great part here. He's come down and and uh we get good morning Weasleys from the door and it's Mr. Weasley. And Adam looks at him and of course he's like, Hello son, who are you? And Adam's looking at him going, I know this guy. I know this guy. Oh crap. Oh crap. <laughs> this is the guy I stole the money from. Oh no. Yeah, please don't. Please don't recognize me. Please don't recognize me. Please don't recognize me. I know. And you just have to feel so... um, Oh, my heart was in my throat whenever I read this. And he goes carrying out of the house. And Mr. Weasley catches up to him and basically says, well, what did you use the money for? And he said, for food. And he's like, well, then you need a lot better than I was. I'm just going to buy something, some stupid electronics or electric, Mm -hmm. electric gadget. So... You know, I'm glad that you took it. He still feels bad, but, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think Mr. Weasley is very honest in saying that. And truthfully, I think 
if I had been in that situation, I, I had ho- I would have hoped that the kid used the money they stole from me for food as well. Right. So. Right. No, not for anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so we go back. I think they go back into the house. And he was told that um, Dumbledore is coming too because they, um, Molly talked to him to find out what, how all this has happened to him, and he starts telling them what he. Has gone through. Yes. Yeah. Starts telling and and uh, letting them kind of know what's going on. For Dumbledore is at the place. Yep. Dumbledore has showed up and. Yeah, the Dumbledore is pissing me off. <laughs> well, I'm just because I'm like, don't you know what the hell is going on? Nope. So, I mean, that's the but you have to. I mean, keep in mind of. I mean, again, this is the case of the reader can infer a little bit more of what's going on. Than what they in in their timeline know. I mean, for all he knows, the house right. was blown up. All three people were dead. Sirius betrayed them, and mm-hmm. that's the history that he knows. And right. so right. he's looking and starting to understand, but he believes that the prophecy has been fulfilled. You know, they destroyed each other. Neither can live while the other uh, other survives. So they're both that's dead. Okay, good. they're gone. Period. You know, so he can't know that any, you know, that. <laughs> Hang on just a minute, Heather. Kelly, we, we can't hear again. you at all. There you yeah, are. Now you can. You're trying to so talk you're... And, and you're getting talked over because nobody can hear you. So, yeah, I'm so like, is that Kelly saying... in the background? <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying, Kelly? that Dumbledore thinks that this is possibly another time riddle. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he's Which being very sense. cautious. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. However, yeah. It does, but I, I just keep making keep making me mad at him. That's all. It's Edgecombe. It's always Edgecombe. It's always Edgecombe. Didn't you guys know? <laughs> you guys are never going to let me let that down. Okay, I gave her a little piece of bacon. Now, really, Trisha, you should read more fern stuff because... Edgecombe comes up again in. <laughs> so I've been I've been entertaining Sue since I'm rereading the books. Oh. And um, I just started Order of the Phoenix today, and I've been entertaining her because of quotes that I've been finding in the books. For example, Sue, I read this one to you last night, and it's. In a nutshell, it was right before the Yule Ball. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the teachers were, some of the teachers were letting people slide in class because everybody's preoccupied with the Yule Ball. Here come the holidays. It's the last day of school before the holiday break. And then, and And the one line that said, everybody but Snape and McGonagall, they worked them to the last minute. And Snape would no more allow them to play in class than adopt Harry. Harry. and all i could think of was some canon writers need to read this book again (laughs) it's like well this is the taking off point that they took for the shape adoption (laughs) yeah but snape hates his freaking guts he even snape doesn't even like the air that harry breathes i mean come on 
I'm oh not my God. saying that I agree. I just mean that it's just, a good jumping off point. You know, we're right. here, we're on the jumping board, or on the diving board, and we're we're jumping and we're jumping and they take that leap. There was <laughs> yep, another I, one in this last uh, because they've just they've just now gotten back to Hogwarts, and I, there was another one that I actually put my little I have a note um, bookmarker that I put the, the page down on it, but I don't remember what it was. But it was one of those, you know, moments. <laughs> you need to, like, tweet those so that we can all share in, in the revelry. <laughs> I just got tweet, and I still don't know how to work it. Oh, well, you'll have to let us know who you are, and we'll add you. You know you know how to Facebook, right? Yeah, I just don't know how to tweet. <laughs> you just have to like, be... It's just like Facebook, except it's just... 160 characters, yeah. Mm-hmm. 140 characters, yeah. Okay. That's pretty easy. We're way off course. So Dumbledore is there, and he wants to know if Adam's done any magic. And and Adam's kind of afraid to tell him, but he says that he used his wand to unlock the door. And Dumbledore says, ooh, good, light bulb just went on. That explains things. I got a message yesterday that an unknown student had performed underage magic. And Mr. Weasley's is like, unknown? And so, for some reason, the Ministry or Hogwarts can't identify Adam by name. Yeah, everything turns up blank. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that's, and that's why the owls can't find him either. And this is kind of an interesting time. But they're you know, talking about what to do, and the, he's decided that he's going to stay with the Weasleys and Adam's kind of huffy because they're talking all around him and he's like, don't I get a say in where I get to stay? But yeah, he's okay to stay um, with the Weasleys. Yeah, just, yeah. And now he's, it's the next day, or it's the next date anyhow, I don't know if it's the next day. And Time I mean, passes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to scroll back up and look. It, it was the beginning of his second full day at, so it was the next day. Yeah. And so, they decided to have they have some breakfast and they head outside. Ginny's going to show him all around, and she takes him yeah. to the orchard and says, "We can and play he, Quidditch." And he got attacked by a gnome. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. A, po- a potato with legs attacked me. <laughs> oh no! And Adam's like, "We can fly here," and she's like, "Yeah, but we have to sneak it out because my brothers are turkeys." And they still won't let her fly with him. You just want to smack Ron upside the head. Oh, I know. <laughs> I feel sorry for her. She's having just horrible nightmares. She yeah. is. And this is still a theory. Given the nightmares, and then I think as we learn also that um, she can sort of understand parcel tongue. Do we think there's a part of Riddle in her? Like there's a part... You know, how we we end up ultimately finding out in the real canon that the reason why Harry can speak Parzal Tongue is because she's, or he's a Horcrux. Do we think she's a Horcrux? Or do you think that he's leading up to that in a similar vein? Like, do you think it's too soon to tell? I don't think she is. I think that her possession by Tom Riddle was the reason that she could understand Parzal Tongue. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we find out that she can't speak it. She yeah. can just understand it because they find mm-hmm. a snake because that's one of her big fears is that Riddle's left something of himself in her. And so they decide to 
find a snake and see if they can talk to it, which they right. do finally do. So. so they're outside. They can't play Quidditch. Ron apologizes. So Yeah. And they decide they're going to be friends, mates. Adam can speak in parcel tongue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she can't. But he can't speak it unless he sees a snake. Right. right. Which is exactly when Harry had, Harry had the same problem. Right. Yeah. At least in the books. Right. So. Now, I was going to say, it's really funny that it's, it's amusing that boys are like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Are we good? We're good. Okay. Listen on. But girls are so, like, stubborn and, like, uh, grudgy that. They're boys. <laughs> I know. I mean, it, it, look at it, Harry and Ron didn't talk to each other for two months. months. And goblet and goblet and yes, you know just brushing your memory. <laughs> but yes, and then and then it was like, yeah, it took you long enough. Yeah, we're okay now, right? Oh yeah, we're fine. <laughs> I think Hermione wanted to clobber them, but moving <laughs> on. I think so. Oh, yeah, like, I, boy think, thing. I think it was well expressed in the movies for that. It's like, but I told Jojo to tell you. To, uh, so really, it was me. And she's like, I can't believe it. What? Yeah. How am I supposed to understand that? It's mental. <laughs> mental. You're both mental. Lots of mental going on here. So where did Sue go? I don't know. She Her, just said, "Be right back." Arrive. Brb. Be right back. Big, big, big. Oh, let's keep going. Okay. So where were we? <laughs> um, <laughs> we're at another dream. Oh, so crap. Jenny ran to the bathroom and. She walks to the second floor, and she re- reaches the Asclos. It was curled up. The feet of cells are slithering. Go up into the school and kill the first thing you find. She rode the basilisk. basilisk sorry. And, and um, I'm glad within minutes, it returned. And there was a cat petrified. And I love the comment. It's, like, in- inefficient. And at this point, uh, Jenny is fighting. And they return to the chamber. And she puts a note as a warning because, you know, she knows that there's a part of her that knows. And she writes the warning that the Chamber of Secrets has been opened. Hello? Yeah, I'm listening. You're doing great. Um, And then she wakes up and lets out a scream. And since Adam's there and Adam's in Bill's room, he he comes charging in. Yeah. But there's a problem. She's at home. Yeah. Mrs. Weasley's there. It kind of looks inappropriate. Kind of? Sort of a lot. (laughs) Mega? Quite a bit. So she sends him back to bed, and then we get back, and Ginny's awake the next morning. She's exhausted. And she talks about, I had a nightmare. It's a big deal. And her mom says, it's just that when I got there, Adam was in the room. And your father and I are a bit concerned. Mom, how could you think he did anything? He probably heard me scream. He is the closest. Adam would never hurt me. Oh, are you sure, dear? Yeah. And so uh, Jenny finally tells her what her dreams have about. It's been about the chamber. And I've been having these dreams of when the diary is controlling me. So apparently Tom didn't put on a strong obliviate on her. Now maybe this was intentional oh. maybe this wasn't i found it what'd you find i found the, the quote that made me laugh oh. and it actually is a poof with thing 
Professor Umbridge paused here and made a little bow to her fellow staff members, none of whom bowed back to her. Um, she's interrupted Dumbledore and is now doing her speech. Right, right, right. Professor McGonagall's dark eyebrows contracted so she looked positively hawk-like, and Harry distinctly <laughs> saw her exchange a significant glance with Professor Sprout as Umbridge gave another little ahem and went on with her speech. <laughs> I think a significant glance would be rather appropriate at that point. <laughs> yeah. I think they really wish they could do a significant glance. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so yeah, that was my thing. <laughs> now that I now that I lost my spot where I was, I'll find it again. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was just really funny because you, you know it's a poofa thing. It is a poofa thing. Every time I read a book that has a significant glance, <laughs> don't you giggle? Like, <laughs> just giggle a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can't help yourself. Nope. That poor Arthur. No. That poor Arthur. That poor Ah. That poor Arthur. Never mind. I can't talk right now. Person, the poor person that wrote that damn book. That wrote Arthur. that poor. Yeah. Thank you. I can't say it right now for some reason. <laughs> they're, probably, they're probably like, I didn't mean it to be that big of a deal. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, that wouldn't be us if we didn't make that a big deal. That's true. Oh, dear. So, yes, I mean, it was just very, I get these little pieces of all kinds of different, you know, like the fact in in the second book where Harry and Dumbledore are talking about why he can speak parcel tongue. And Harry says, do you mean he left he put a piece of himself in me, and Dumbledore says yes. And it was like, oh, we know it. <laughs> I know. I remember reading a lot of other stuff. I'm like, oh, that's bad. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's also like huge foreshadowing towards all like, all kinds of stuff. So yeah, but foreshadowing how many years? Yeah, six, seven, seven years before. And I haven't read the books. I haven't read them for four years. So. I'm reading them now, and it's just, it was very, yeah. I'm getting all these little pieces and going, <laughs> I know it's coming. Neener, neener, neener. Yeah. She's back. BRB. Sorry. It's all right. It was Dinner? raining, and we had clothes on the line, and I had to find some food. You had to hunt, hunt down he, dinner. He brought home crunchy things, so it's going to be very difficult to re to eat quietly. <laughs> Well, that's what mute's for. I can't mute. I'm recording. Oh. Well, just crunch between comments. And say, okay, I got a crunch. Well, I'll stop talking. And then you can edit it out. <laughs> we won't get anything done. And and you know how you had a dog watching every bite you took? <laughs> is is Bonnie on your chair on your elbow like mine was? No, wow. Alex has got his head in my plate going, mm, these spare ribs look really good. I can eat this. Gosh. So I can eat the fried rice and the noodles without making noise, so I'll at least get some of it eaten. Aww. If you make noise, it's okay. You can always edit it out later. That's, That's right. I did not I know. put it on a real plate with a real fork because trying to edit that out was a pain in the butt. <laughs> fork okay. noises? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
moving right along. Okay, can, you your can we go back to the Ow, ow! <laughs> Let me guess. Apparently we someone can't. Just, someone just climbed up somebody's leg. But they're claws. She no, really she has back claws. Yeah, well, I'm sitting there. I'm trying to pet her, being really nice. And she still thinks I should be playing with her. Mm-hmm. And so she bit me pretty darn hard this time. Now I have welts on my arm. Well, mine is mine is asleep, all feet a cumba, uh, all over the place at the end of, end of the couch. That's what Bonnie was I, doing earlier. She because I no longer there. have food. Alex and I have compromised. He got a couple pieces of chicken, and he's backed off. Well, I have a deal that when I eat dinner, she will get some, but only after sure. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Not during. Not eating off my plate while I'm eating off my plate. <laughs> Does mm-hmm. anybody remember where we were? No. Yeah, no. hold on. I, I was trying to pin a, a picture. Sorry. She woke. Mrs. Weasley was... Yes. No, no, no. We got past that. Um, Mrs. Weasley was questioning Adam being in the okay. room. So Mrs. Weasley, is Mrs. Weasley questioning Adam to Ginny, or is she talking to Adam? Questioning Adam to Ginny. Okay. She's saying, I dreamt about the chamber again. Pretty much. That's where we yeah. left. Okay. As well, then she she made things known. And Mrs. Weasley's like, okay, that's fine, that's fine. And she comes down, and Adam's real quiet at the dinner, at the breakfast table, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then she start, she pretty much confronts Adam. Can we just call him Harry and be done with it? No, <laughs> calling him Adam. You we just lost the baseball game. Adam for a while. Yeah. Uh, and so I mean, she pretty much. And this is when they start talking about her speak. She can understand him, but she doesn't know if she can speak it or she's just hearing it in her dream. They're going to find out once they find a snake. Right, right. Next chapter, Adam and Jenny are playing and playing Quidditch in the garden because Ron's over at Neville. So it's just the two of them. And they get spotted by Fred and George. And they're like, ooh, you guys are good kind of thing. Yeah, it is kind of fun. And Jenny says, yeah, and I mean it's 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 just nice lightheartedness. And Jenny's like, I really want to be a seat uh, chaser. And they're like, Oh, because they got Angie. So what? Who they got? Angelina and all those guys, well, all those other girls. Mm-hmm. But Katie, so they start playing Quidditch with them, have a good time. Oh yes, thank you. You're welcome. And so yeah, that's 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 that chapter. And then it comes to Ginny's birthday. Yay! <laughs> they talk about how Adam could possibly be a seeker yeah right we'll have we'll have to see and then now you have you may do it now jenny's birthday Yay! <laughs> <laughs> but we realized that we don't know adam's birthday right right boom, boom, boom. and he says that when he was younger he kind of took a birthday that was the same day as his two friends and so- which happened to be july 10th right so that's cool I think it's kind of interesting that it's July, but we'll go from July. there. At least he's in the same month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but he's not in the same sign. Yeah, mm. he's not well, Leo. That would make him a Cancer, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. Mm-hmm. But it fits this Adam character because being a Cancer, well, he's yeah, very, they're, yeah, he's stuck in a shell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, I trust me. I have. Cancers in my family. I know how they're stuck in the shell. I think offense. (laughs) 
Yeah, but it's armored. But it's armored. Yeah, I know. It's armor. I know. That's all right. I have to live with the Gemini, so. Oh, try to be a Pisces. That's all right. (laughs) But, you know, we're very moody people. Yeah. But then, but, you know, is he still under the old sign or the new sign when, you know, is Harry truly like a, a Leo or, I don't know. I don't know. I think Harry was born under the sign of martyr. <laughs> that sounds about well. right. So there was a there's a show in uh, in London. It's called Who Do You Think You Are? I think that's what it's called. And basically, mm-hmm. they they take famous people and they kind of research their family history. Oh, they've done it here too. But go on. Yeah. Yeah. Phoebe. Um, that's not her name. Uh, 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 Lisa Kudrow. Yeah is doing it according to uh, wait wait don't tell me but Joe they just did Joe's and it's out on YouTube and she was researching her grandfather great grandfather I can't remember now yeah they found it was the wrong person right but his birth date was July 31st oh his was too uh huh <laughs> so these coincidences do actually happen in real life so it's not that far off hmm and if y'all haven't seen it, it's a great show, but you'll cry. I've like, seen a, um, an episode of it. At least Joe's part of it. I haven't seen Joe's. Anyhow, that's, it made me think of it. And I'll stop eating now. No, no, you're fine. Well, the Hogwarts letters come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Percy is head Adam still, yes. And Adam still doesn't have a name. <laughs> yep. Right. Poor Adam. Yeah. How come there's one with no name? That would be me. <laughs> and here's where we meet the snake again. And Adam talks to the snake and Jenny comes out. She was folding laundry. I hate folding laundry, by the way. Really, it is the worst sort of torture. Um, no, I love <laughs> folding laundry. I hate putting it away. Yeah, there you go. Um, That's my problem. <laughs> I hate, like, I did, I... Like, so I do sort it and, you know, things like, I guess I can get through it. I detest doing whites and folding whites and it's like socks and, uh, I just hate doing the whites. Hate it. Like, on. So yeah, we find you'll this mistake. You'll be lost if you don't do whites. You know that, right? <laughs> well, I tend, the things that are usually white, I tend to have in multicolors. So yeah. <laughs> I can live without doing whites. <laughs> mostly my whites are just socks. <laughs> and a few white shirts that I really could care less about. Aw. Oh, yeah, boy. So find Mr. Snake. Poor Mr. Snake. And so we talk to him, and Jenny kind of gets freaked out because she can understand it. Mm-hmm. But she can't speak it. Yeah. Harry can speak and understand. And, you know, the snake really just doesn't care. They don't try. And they go in. And she says, the diary changed me. Whatever it did to me, I can now understand snakes. I can't forget about it because it changed me. Right. And she punched your pillow. Yeah, she feels dirty. And Adam then starts to feel kind of put out. Well, just because I can speak to snakes, does that make me dirty? She's like, no, you don't understand. And then she cries and kind of falls asleep, I think. And she does come back out until after her mom calls her for lunch and she says, you know, don't don't tell anybody. Yeah. This is okay, I won't. And then a week goes and by and she has another nightmare. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't a nightmare. It was a daymare. 
a nightmare. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I was getting concerned because, I mean, you're awake and you have a daymare. Mm-hmm. But, so anyway, Ron she, well, yeah. yeah, she thinks about, you know, she has her, her vision, we'll call it. Episode. It's, it's more of a daymare episode um, about Colin and, and the camera. Thank God he still had that camera in this story. And he admits a startled yelp and Voldemort through Ginny is very angry and, you know, Ginny's fighting and thinking, thank God he's lucky. And, um, you know, they return her body before she's missed. Right. And they were sitting at a silver table outside Florian's for, uh, Fortescue's ice cream parlor. So she was out, they were at Diagon Alley and she just sort of, you know, probably stared off into the space not thinking about anything and that's where her mind went to mm-hmm. and they meet Hermione Ron and her parents absolutely hysterical because she fell off of her chair yeah brothers are so mean I was going to say nice but I meant mean and um, we've got Crookshanks with us yes and she knows he's part Kniesel in this story because I don't think we Which knew helps. that in canon really no I don't no. think so mm-hmm. But there was a big fight over her getting it. And there's more, I think, the reason why she finds out is probably because she went with her parents to get it rather than going with Ron, who was just like, oh, God, can we please get out of here? It's time to go. I need to go look at a broom. Can we go? Can we go? We really need to go. We have to go right now. Yeah. And that bloody cat's trying to kill my rat. So mm-hmm. Pretty much. Oh, you know, Crookshanks did jump on his head. Uh, yeah. True. So did... I don't think that it ever took place or it's not been presented in this story. I don't think the Weasleys went to Egypt. I don't think so. I don't think so either. And if they did, it happened off off narrative and it's never been brought up. Well, if they did, it was before it was in the however many days that Adam was at the home. Mm-hmm. And we know she was and sending the, letters at that point. So Yeah. So, no, I didn't go to Egypt. Right. Yeah, I was thinking about that. And he's feeling bad because he doesn't want Molly to be spending their money on him. And she says, you know, don't worry. Professor McGonagall sent you money. And so Adam kind of uh, relaxes. And then he asks her what happened. And she says, it was Colin being attacked. And, you know, they decide they're going to talk about it more, but not right now. And, they go catch up with the rest of them. And then we go to Remus again on Yay. August 31st. And he's looking at an old brick building with windows that have bars over them. And the door's got a steel plate over it. And, you know, it's not a very good place to be. And if his research is correct, Adam might have lived here for two years. Or Adam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, from baby to, well, no. From, well, how old was he? Nine until, or eight until 11? Eight to 10? Something like that. Yeah. And he's, because he was on the street for several months before McGonagall found him. Right. Right. So he's called ahead and made an appointment, and she's got the file waiting, and she shows him a picture because he's checked records, and he found three places with Adam Winters, and the first two places weren't really Adam. So he's at least relieved that the picture she shows him is actually the right child. And we find out he was there from July of 89 to May of 91. And he escaped 
He managed to escape badly injuring another boy in the process. We find out that he came from a home in Cardiff, but she can't give any more details. And she's not very helpful. So Remus sort of uh, helps her along. Yeah. Legitimacy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And he's, you know, this lady's not exactly blameless either. She could have helped. She could have intervened. And she pretty much just, you know. Let it go. Yeah. You need to try harder to be their friends. You need to stop being alone. You need to have other friends so that you're not alone. And, you know, it's not helpful at all. No. Then, some people don't know how to make, I mean, in all honesty, some people just don't know how to make friends. Well, and it's like telling somebody who's getting picked on, you need to be friends with them. It's like, how the hell do you think that they can do that? Mm-hmm. You go try to be friends with them after they beat the crap out of you. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to be buddy-buddy with you. Hi, how you doing, smack? Come mm-hmm. on. Oh, yeah. Be real. One of my favorite children's stories is called Tyrone, and it's about these dinosaurs and Boland is this sweet little dinosaur, and he's got lots of little dinosaur friends, but Tyrone is a Tyrannosaurus Rex, and he's the, you know, bully. He's actually the very first bully ever. (laughs) And, you know, Boland's always, and he picks on Boland all the time, and his friends are like, you need to stick up to him. You can win any fight. And so he, you know, says, you're just a bully. I'm going to stick up to you. And, of course, he gets trounced, and they're, like, banging and back up together, and they're, Saying, okay, that wasn't a good idea. Maybe you just need to ignore him. Maybe you just need to be friends with him. So he tries to ignore him, and of course he stomps on his tail and takes his sandwich. And he tries to be friends, so he takes him an ice cream. And, you know, he turns the ice cream upside down on Boland's head. And he's just like, his friends are like, you're just going to have to deal with it. There's no way you can beat this guy. And he's like, there's got to be a way to do this. And he's sitting it, trying to sleep at night, and he can't sleep because he's worried about this stupid other bully and he comes up with a plan he gets up the next morning and he makes himself a sandwich because the bully is always stealing a sandwich and he's walking through you know minding his own business with the sandwich in his hand and of course here comes tyrone and he grabs the sandwich and plops it in his mouth and boland's like hurrying away as fast as he can and all of a sudden tyrone is screaming he's got flames pouring out of his mouth and he's like, I've been poisoned. Help, help, I'm dying. And Boland looks at him and he goes, nonsense. I happen to like double thick red hot chili pepper sandwiches. Too bad you don't. <laughs> and then he never bothers him again. <laughs> and yep. the little dinosaurs play together nicely. And it says that when scientists found his body many years later, he still had that. He looked a little different because it's just a skeleton. But he still had that evil smile. <laughs> But it's a great book to read the kids. Sorry. Yep. Tangent. Well, it makes perfect sense. You know, you get something that they want, make it so that they don't want it. Yep. And they'll leave you alone. Uh, that one worked. Adam's in the office. There's another man there who's, you know, got Adam by the scruff of the neck. And he's like, what did you do? Answer me. And Marie, she's trying. I'll give her that. She's just not very efficient. And she thinks that maybe he'll talk to her. And, you know, what happened? I don't know, Adam said. He punched me and I fell and I got mad and things went bang and he went across the room. And it's like, Adam, you have to tell me the truth. Bill's called the police. I can only help you tell the truth. And she's like, he's like, I am telling the truth. I don't know what happened. And of course, 
you know, this kid's really hurt. I think all the windows have blown out at this point. And yeah, Remus has a pretty good idea of what happened. And yeah. they, she leaves him locked in the room and Remus hears a faint pop and knows that he's apparated out. And, you know, he's just wished, wished, wished himself out of the building. And he did accidental magic to get out. It's interesting that he he didn't splinch himself. That was that was good. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we move on to the next chapter, and it's September first. Woohoo! Well, and and he notices something. I thought this was interesting too. Okay. What was curious was that the ministry hadn't gotten involved. Normally, a large accidental magic outburst would have triggered a visit from the obliviators. What was more concerning to Remus was that the boy was clearly aware of his magical talents and had come to the conclusion that because of them, he could not make friends. So we have two very large instances of magic, and the ministry does nothing. Right. Yep. And they were not supposed to put him in a home when he left for the end of the first year of Hogwarts, and they did. Right. Someone in the ministry knows who he is. Edgecomb. And is trying. It may be Edgecomb. <laughs> <laughs> it's Edgecomb. He did it. <laughs> That's because Marietta has a time turner somehow and went back and told her mother to just, That's you right. know, mess with her. Anytime Harry. you see the name Winters, just mess stick with it to him. So, okay. That's an anyway. interesting theory, Kelly. We'll see if it plays yeah. out. Yes. <laughs> Chapter five. Well, number five. Chapter six. Whatever. Yeah. Like that. The prologue counted as one, so we're on chapter five. Okay. Yes. And we're going back to Hogwarts. Woohoo! <laughs> and it's like, you know, totally different from last time. Last time he re- he was there an hour early and he sat around on his own and now he's just making it. Just barely because that's making the Weasley's it. Weasley's way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> the Weasley way. Yes. The Weasley way. <laughs> um Finally find I don't it. think that Hermione and, and Ron are going to be like that because I think Hermione would have them there an hour early. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. When they have their kids. Go on. They're, they're hoping for a quiet year. Ginny wants to apologize to Hagrid because she got him sent to prison. He's like, Ginny, and he says, she says, I know it wasn't me, but I still need to apologize. And the trolley wish, wish, wow. The trolley witch comes by, but neither of them have any money. So. They send her on the merry way, and they get to go in the carriages this time. Let's and they, they mention how there's a whole bunch of them in there, and it somehow fits them all. Mm-hmm. And of course... Yeah, just like magic. Yep. McGonagall apologizes, because she didn't know, and lets him know how angry she was. And He's like, oh, it was brilliant! I got to be with the Weasleys, it was perfect. So that was cool. And now we have a new woman at the table to uh, replace Lockhart. Oh, I do like at the beginning, and we didn't mention this, that the first things out of Remus's mouth are, you want me to teach defense of the dark arts again, or, or, or you don't you? He's like, no, 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 I have a different plan for you. Yeah. And Dumbledore comes to see Remus. And I think that was rather, it kind of made me giggle a little bit. I'm kind of kind of sad that he didn't, though. But, but he's out finding out information about Adam. So right. important. Oh, I know. <laughs> I like, he's sitting there watching the sorting and he's just like, this is taking so long. I can't believe he's got five more years to do the sit through sorting. That's <laughs> terrible. 
<laughs> and as the sorting hat, that really hurts my feelings. <laughs> no, it hurts Hat's feelings, Sue. I mean... Okay. I guess so. He can be long-winded. We don't tell him that. No, no. But it's the truth. I'm telling Hat. You would. Hufflepuff. Yeah, so what, you Ravenclaw? <laughs> <laughs> Now it's September 2nd, and we're going to our first Defense Against Dark Arts class. With Hestia Jones. Yep. And she said, you know, you guys are a little behind. But we'll, no. we'll get you up to par around Christmas time. It'll work. And Ginny and Adam go see Haggard. And, and course, Ginny apologizes, and he says, well, we all knew. Professor Dumbledore told us. Mm-hmm. And what happened last year? Yeah, I would be too. Mm-hmm. And poor Haggard's down in the dumps because his very first day as teacher, and already that Malfoy kid's gotten hurt. Did someone say Draco Malfoy? Dang, Malfoy. Some things still don't change. No. Nope. Yeah. And then we go back to Remus on September 4th, and he's gone to the children's home. But uh, there's no good information. He can't find anything. And so he's uh, trying to... Moving up. Yeah, well, he's trying to meet up with somebody that actually worked there. And he's been there. He's waiting. Yeah, yeah. several days. And he's actually... She was supposed to start at 9 a.m. And it's 6 p.m. And she still hasn't arrived for work yet. And so finally she comes in. And boy, that's a work, work ethic. How many hours late is she? Sheesh. Quite a bit. Yeah. I have a feeling, though, that they were trying to get him to leave. So they told him nine, but really, like, I don't, she doesn't seem like the type to slack off like that. So I think it was a misdirection on the home's part to get him Mm. to leave. That could be. You know, because listen to, you know, when you read the person, like, she doesn't seem like that spacey or, you know, yeah. She doesn't come in like she's running really late or anything like that. No. Or, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Irresponsible. Irresponsible, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I think it was it was a misdirection on their part to try and get him to leave, and they didn't realize he'd just sit and sleep and wait. Yeah. Right. He's I a an Or he's got it yeah. backward. Because a friend of mine used to work overnight at a children's home. Mm-hmm. And she would say, yeah, I work 1036. And people thought it was 1030 in the morning right. until six in the evening. And she says, no, no, I work overnight 1036 or 10 to six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you don't realize that it's no, it's, it may be that she was due She's to really start. really early. Yeah. Right. Or they, they told, you know, she works six to nine and, or she works the nine to six or reversed it. Yeah. Where, so it's the end. It's supposed to be the end of her shift. He thinks it's he thinks it's the end of her shift, and it's really the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's what my I don't know. Yeah, and he that's what I thought. <laughs> poor thing. He's like, I I know his parents. I was friends with his parents, and they're like, eh, and she just totally goes off on him. They abandoned yeah. him here. They said that they 
come back for him and they never did. They just left him with a small bag and Remus is like, uh, 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 okay, this isn't going like I thought it would. And, but he does get a little bit more information out of her and, you know, that he was really sweet and he had, but he would eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And they transferred him out because of the temper tantrums and, you know, the other kids called him weird and stuff. And this is where all the, Windows break out of the room. You know, yeah, so this like, is where Kyle was. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, he was only supervised for a minute. There's no way he could have broken all the windows in that amount of time. But Remus already knows how he did it. And she says, you know, if you find him, can you can you let me know? So she really did. Have she was she wasn't him. mad at Adam. She was mad at Remus because. She right. felt Remus had a tie to his parents who abandoned him there, and right. that's who she was mad at. Yeah. So. yeah. so, and then we move on to Quidditch practice, or Quidditch tryouts. Quidditch tryouts. With Oliver, yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Sue, uh-huh. did, did we send her the Oliver story? I told her about it. Okay. I made her laugh. Wait, we did? Yeah, yeah, the one you know, where he was uh, pregnant. Pregnant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're telling me about that. I was like, I was like, no, I don't want to read it. But yeah. that's really funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave her a good morning chuckle. It was cool. So, um, although my Muggle and Minions character is Olivia, so you know. <laughs> there you go. Did you figure out where he is in the last movie? No, I haven't gone back to see it yet. I haven't had time. I will tell you. Between the scene, the movie, and where is he? In the movie, um, almost towards the end of the battle, there are three people on brooms that fly over the fence, and it's his voice that says, come on, or let's go, or whatever, and that's him. And it's I just like thought a- that's where it was. I was just oh wasn't gosh. sure if he was in the lineup when they come in. How do I put this? After Harry, like, after Harry reveals himself in the Great Hall and he says something to the effect of, you know, it's really, you really are, are lacking security or something. Mm-hmm. And that the, the, I was hoping he was there. Oh, and I think. It, it, it was, oh, 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 when, they, when the order comes in. Yeah. yeah. I know you. I don't so think I was so. hoping he was there. Well, I think whenever the DVD comes out, I will be pausing and replaying <laughs> and trying to figure it out and zooming in. So never fear, I will find him. But I had a feeling that was him with the flyover because I did see the come on, and I was like, that really. Sh-. I remember thinking specifically that really should have been Oliver. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, that's where I assumed that was a part of where he was. But his little still is so adorable, as you've noticed since I've changed my icon. Yes. Your, your, um, your Skype icon? No, well, not my Skype icon, but my PSW icon. Mm-hmm. Ah. So, all right, back we go. So he's got the keepers up, and Ginny wants to try out for chasers, even though they don't really need to chase her because they're looking for subs, and. Then the final trial is for seeker. the Seeker, and, and Ginny and Adam are the only two that are out, and so they release this... Release the hound, they sorry. release the snitch, <laughs> which is bewitched to enable it to be caught easier because they don't want to actually be there for three days. 
and all of her wigs and, and smugs and oh, it was adorable. Sorry, go on. <laughs> and Jenny, oh my god! Jenny hey. catches the first one, and they do it again, and Adam catches the second one, and they're gonna go for a third round, and she's and she throws it. No, no. he throws it. He Not he, like, he flinches. They're basically playing chicken. Yeah. And he won't crash into her to get it. So right. he goes off path first. I think, isn't in canon, isn't this one, like, someone tells Harry not to be a gentleman? Right. <laughs> or something or other? Like, I think it's Oliver. I was going to say, I believe it's Oliver. <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So Ginny gets Seeker, Adam's going to be the substitute Seeker, and Ginny's going to be a substitute Chaser. Right. So, and there we go. And I think we're going to say goodnight to Trisha. Yeah, I didn't get to pass this part anyhow, so... Goodnight, Trisha. Goodnight, Trisha. Goodnight, Trisha. We hate to see you go. Hey! Thanks. I got serenaded. <laughs> and no, I have not had anything alcoholic to drink tonight. Although it's not for lack of trying. <laughs> I okay, good night. Good night. I'll see you guys oh in two weeks then. In yep. three weeks. Three, three weeks. weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. Yep. It'll be a while. Okay, good. Then I'll be able to finish reading Read all the stuff stuff. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And then the one after this is just a one shot, so it's easy. It's it's a hard one shot. Okay. I'm having I'm oh. having a problem reading this because I'm trying to read the books and I don't know which one to read first. So I've uh, been reading the books. Yeah, and getting mixed up. Uh, <laughs> go to bed, Trisha. You got to run in the morning. Oh, in the evening. But in the evening. Good night, yeah. Trisha. Good night, all. Night. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So yeah, that was the, that was the funny part. So oh, yeah. are gonna have their first Quidditch game, and Ginny's got a new broom. Well, new to her. Yay! Room. Yay! <laughs> and you know, it's the same. They're all ready to play Slytherin, and that bloody Draco Malfoy has pretended that he's more injured than he really is. So yep, they're going after Hufflepuff. So playing Hufflepuff, and it's raining again. You know, I don't remember the actual score from the thing, from the, the game, but I don't remember Hufflepuff being up 50 to nothing. Like, so I don't know if it's just because it's different and the, the chaser, you know, because Harry's not in the game or if it, it just threw off the, the karma of things. I just felt like the score was off from what we read. I, I didn't think that Hufflepuff had a lead. Gryffindor was ahead. And and the reason that Hufflepuff won was yeah. because Harry got attacked by the Dementors. Right. What I, I was saying is that when you get like halfway down, she Jenny hears that Hufflepuff has a lead of fifty to nothing. Yeah. And I can't imagine that being an accurate score with Oliver in, in goal. And I don't mean that because I am Oliver's gal, but I mean like that. That's I, a chaser's that team, issue too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's a chaser's really issue funny. too. Yeah. Yeah, like that. That Fred and George in previous chapters said, "Oh, well, our cha- our chasers are really awesome. You probably won't make the team if you want to be a chaser, kind of a thing." So yeah. Right. Anyway, it's raining really bad, and Ginny finally 
finds the snitch and she faints a couple times beforehand to throw Cedric off and she catches it. Mm-hmm. Which is <laughs> different from canon too because they lost a Hufflepuff. Right. 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 And the ultimate score ended up being 170 to 70, which means they only had 20 points to Hufflepuff 70. Right. Right. So there was a big chaser issue and a, a keeper issue going on in this match. Poor, poor, poor Oliver. He probably still, you know, was drowning himself in the showers after. Well, of course <laughs> he was. And then we find out that the Weasleys had come to see Ginny's first game and they were all excited. And Molly says, we find out that Bill and Charlie are coming for Christmas. And Adam's starting to feel a little bad. And Mr. Weasley says, uh, you do know you're expected to join us for Christmas, right? And Adam's like, me? I don't want to be your burden. And no, no, you're coming. Okay. And then he's happy again. And we're leaving on my mother's birthday to go to Hogsmeade and home to the borough for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And they hear Neville exclaiming that it's not fair and they want to know not what's not fair and we find out that Buckbeak's going to get executed because of Bloody Malfoy. I'm just going to call him that. I kind of like it. <laughs> Bloody Malfoy. Bloody Malfoy. Malfoy. What is it from a very Potter musical? I'm Draco Malfoy. Did someone say Draco Malfoy? Yeah. He's an F and elf. Oh, sorry. I just, I just edited points it's getting ready to go out this week and Kelly hasn't seen a very Potter sequel yet and Ryu and I have and we're like just going on and on and she's like stop putting that in my brain because <laughs> we're talking about how uh Narcissa made it with Dobby no. <laughs> I've only seen half of the Mary Potter sequel I need to fo- I, I haven't had time to watch it so spoilers sorry alright well, it's, it, it's not very well. Like, I mean, it's my own fault for not seeing it before now. So really, I don't consider a spoiler a spoiler if it's already out and in existence. Like, that's just, you know. Your fault. Yeah. yeah. It's a spoiler there's a, there's if a... the material isn't out and you're telling me or if it's in, within the first week of it being out and you're telling me. Then it's a spoiler. After that week, the grace period is over, and therefore you can spoil away, and I don't feel like I should be mad at you, because that's my own damn fault. Okay. Those are my rules on spoilers. Sorry, I'm looking for something. Hold on. Sorry. No, I'm I'm almost there. Okay. There's a comment in order. I'm stuck on the Sorting Hat song. Here we go. He is long-winded. Yeah, I know. Well, this one is the one where, you know, the houses need to stay together kind of things. Yeah. And it's in italics, and apparently the reader's not liking that very much. It's Mike. Doesn't read italics. Yeah. We've just named your text reader for you. Mike? No. 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 (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. Bad, bad, bad. When they're in the train, Mm -hmm. and you know that, that Draco and Pansy are prefects. Right. And, you know, they, they had to, Harry and Ginny and Neville just got splatted with stink sap. Right. From the Mobletonius. Mobletona? Yeah. And Draco, he, he tells Harry, and mind your manners. Oh, come on. I'm all there. It's just really not wanting to cooperate here. I'm sorry. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. 
Heather doesn't need to go to work in the morning. It's okay. Hey, well, I'm I don't need to go to work in the morning. I'm getting something accomplished. Either. <laughs> You're knitting? Yeah. So why? What are you making? It's still my hat. The, the penguin's hat. It's just I have to get to six inches before I can start to do the crown decreases. Uh-huh. And that's something interesting to do, whereas knitting in a circle in a circle in a circle is kind of getting a little monotonous. I'm <laughs> uh, knitting in a circle in a circle, except I'm increasing in a circle in a circle in a circle. Um, this is just so classic. I love this line. He says, manners, Potter, I'll have to give you a detention, drawled Malfoy, whose sleek blonde hair and pointed chin were just like his father's. You see, I, unlike you, have been made prefect which means that I, unlike you, have the power to hand out punishments. Yeah, said Harry, but you, unlike me, are a git. So get out of here and leave us alone. <laughs> I, like it. I, I, unlike you, he's like, yes, but you, unlike me, are a git. <laughs> out of the way. No, I, feel I, can, like, I can hear him saying it. It's just so funny. I feel like of anything that was misrepresented was Harry's humor throughout the series. Like that, like the, just those lines and the, that sarcasm mm-hmm. was there the whole time in the books that it wasn't there because it wasn't in the writing. Yeah. And they tried to put it in, but it was like too little, too late. Like the, in the sixth movie, whenever he's like, but I am like, that's very much something Harry would say. Well, the, but the it, one that I remember that they did put in was from, uh, prisoner. Yeah. Where Vernon tells him, you need to watch your mouth or, you know, mind what you say. And he says, I will if she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is back, you know. Yeah. So I just thought that was amusing. I, unlike you, are a gift. <laughs> I mean, you, <laughs> unlike me, is a gift. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, Harry, woo, woo. <laughs> So you okay. know those um those British signs that say "stay calm" and "carry on" or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's from. I right? found one and what? You know what that's from, right? No, go on. World War Two. Oh, oh yeah. So, the Queen Mother said, "Stay calm and carry on." Yeah. That's that's for that. That's why we have "stay calm and knit on" and "stay calm and you know yeah, do everything." Right. It that's where it comes from. So I have to find one that has it's stay calm and loco locomotor prioritis or whatever and some an outline of McGonagall at the top for when she's like, I always wanted to say that. I was like, I love this. Yeah, I always wanted to do that spell. <laughs> so of course I pinned it. Mm-hmm. She's so good. Yeah. Ooh, so sorry. There's no one else that I could have imagined playing. Minerva McGonagall. She, you know, and it's so funny because you get the same thing with Lockhart. Nobody else could have no. played Lockhart. Uh-huh. Nobody. You know, it's just the casting was brilliant. Yeah. There are some things like questions, but I accept. Like, I really wasn't thrilled with um, Lupin or Sirius, but, you know, it's fine. It works. Wormtail was very good, but I, mean, I don't know. I think that. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I just had a different picture of them in my head. I I felt like Sirius was broader and a little bit heavier, but granted, he was in jail, so being thin and whatever. And no, I always, 
I always thought of him as being lanky, mm-hmm. Mm-mm. tall and lanky and, and thin. I always thought that. Peter was always the short, fat kid. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, they got him right. I was just like the other, you know, Remus and Sirius, I just, it wasn't quite what I had in mind. So <laughs> I remember reading, the, and remember that the first movie that I saw in the theater was Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm-hmm. And then I had to go back. After I saw Prisoner of Azkaban, I read the first book, and then I read the second one, and then the third one, and then the fourth one. <laughs> and it was right when Order had come out, is when Prisoner came out. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading the second book and thinking, who do they have as Lockhart? And and I have Much Ado About Nothing is one of my favorite movies. Sue knows this. Everybody knows this. And it was like, oh, it would be great if they had Kenneth Branagh. And they did. And it was like, it's just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, Harry, Harry. <laughs> oh, my. Like, I, I'm rereading, too. And I got to that part. And it was just like, that line, <laughs> Harry, Harry, Harry. <laughs> and you just, like, can't. Like, I took Kenneth Branagh was very, very, you know, he it was a cartoon character in my head when I thought about it, but mm-hmm. Kenneth Brown did a fabulous job. Yeah. Yeah. He actually, the book that I just got has him talking about being uh, Lockhart. And he says, you know, it, I had so much fun doing it. And, and yeah, he's, the wizard, wizard magic book. I don't think I've seen that. Give me a minute. I'll go. Hunt it down. Well, you don't have to dig it out. I'm, I'm sorry. I interrupted your thought. Go I'm ahead. Go ahead. I can't remember exactly, but he was talking about, you know, being Lockhart and how much fun it was and just, you know, he how over the top it was and how much fun he had being so over the top. <laughs> Harry, Harry. Yeah. Well, I just, you know, and you read the thing and it's like, you can just see him in curlers yeah. in, in the pictures, <laughs> you know? They were just... they're very literal with that book and I really did like that movie. Yeah. We're way off course. <laughs> Adam gets invited to Christmas. Right, sorry. And he's all nervous. I'm sorry. It's it's ten to twelve, so we're trying to speed this thing along. <laughs> and they find out about the class and they're holding a hearing in April and Buckbeak's gonna be executed. <laughs> and of course, Ron said, we're looking to see if there's any legal information that can help with the hearing. We? Yes, we are. I think, Ronald, that you will find that it's been me doing all the work. <laughs> well, you play chess and waste time. <laughs> so, poor Hermione is stressed. From too much work. Hermione and brings it on herself. She doesn't. She does. And then, um, Neville says, I love the line. Yeah, I was wondering about dash- this, so I went to the library. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Neville says she's dashing around all day like a house elf. So this is like the first mention of a house elf because we didn't have the introduction of Dobby. Nope. Last, Which means last- that poor Dobby is still a slave of yes. the Malfoys. Yes. But we caught a glimpse of Dobby whenever Malfoy came in after um, Dumbledore was reinstated. So he was right. there. We just aren't, as the reader, aren't supposed to know about it yet, but we know the series. So we, we can right. read into things. And they're looking at Ginny. It's like, what are you looking at me for? 
like, well, you're a girl. Can you go talk to her? <laughs> Why do I get landed with these things? And so it's Christmas. And Presents! Yeah. Harry's just kind of dawdling because he's like, he doesn't expect anything. And, Adam. Um, or, I'm sorry, Adam. <laughs> Adam, 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 Adam. There, so Adam. you can use those to like cover over all the the hairs that I plopped in there. Yeah, I love the they made him a Weasley for an hour. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I went over and got the book. It says he's a show off, and he's boastful, and he's arrogant, and I think he's deeply, deeply, deeply in, in insecure <laughs> with himself. With himself. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and then he says he began his characterization by what he found in the book he's wonderfully well described and created by J.K. Rowling I wish I could tell you that it's because he's very insecure in fact he's not he's just a narcissist and he loves himself this is the abiding love affair of his life he's also wonderfully cowardly and unreliable and totally out of out for number one ruthlessly ambitious and would do anything to further his career, his aims, desperate to be loved. These are all qualities. And it was a good fun to play. So he was the Slytherin. Mm, yeah. It'd be interesting to find out where he goes. He was in the house and has a lilac as the color. Because <laughs> it's his favorite. Would that be the house of Lilac? Would that be a house of Bobatons? Yeah, yeah, it might be Bobatons. That sounds about right. Sorry. Although I'm now picturing him fluttering around in a little blue outfit. The <laughs> hat. <laughs> <laughs> <Catch> party. <laughs> Butterfly. Yes, and the bird. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, so. Harry yes. gets to be a Weasley for an hour. And he Adam. gets a present. Adam. <laughs> Adam gets to be a Weasley for an hour. And he gets to open a present. And, and he, he gets... gets yeah. A Weasley sweater. And it's gray because it matches his eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With a big A on it. But I, I couldn't figure out what color the A was. I'm assuming it's red. Probably. So. And Mama almost never makes those for anyone but the kids. So it, it was very special. Right. Special. And then he gets a book from Ginny and more school materials from Professor McGonagall and chocolate from Ron because Ron always gives chocolate or some other food. Of course. And he feels bad because all he has is a homemade card for Mr. and Mrs. Weasley. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. That's yeah. all they... And the elder Weasley brothers come home for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And they're like, who's this? This is a friend. And they all Jimmy. trip out to play a little Quidditch. I think a, a, a general like story that involves Harry, you know, the Harry Potter saga has to involve Charlie taking on a character for for Seeker. I think I've read that over and over and over again. Like, I really, I, Charlie Natal or Charlie p- playing Seeker against the other half well, of the, the kids there. Yeah. He was one of the best Seekers in Gryffindor, so, yeah, I can yes. see that. But he always gets his butt kicked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. Which is really funny. So Bill takes charge. He's going to be the referee. Ginny says she doesn't want to be the seeker. She wants to be a chaser because that's really what she wants to do. So we've got Ginny, Ron, and Adam on one side, and Charlie, Charlie and, the, and twins the twins on the other and side. And Bill's referee. Yeah, yeah. And Percy couldn't be bothered. 
too. Well, Percy is a stick in the mud. Stick up the butt, but you know, you know yeah, I was vote. trying to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and he's, Adam sees the snitch <laughs> and he goes after it and he wins. Charlie didn't even have a chance. And I love there's a line in here that says that Ron's okay with, with Ginny playing because she made the team. So she's finally allowed to play because Yay. she's on the Quidditch team. And then they head back to school and they run into Hermione and they want to know how her Christmas was. And she's like, oh, it was great. I got lots of work done. And I looked into Buckley's trial and I did this and I did. And they're like, did you have Christmas at all? Yeah. <laughs> do you ever relax? You know how to do this. So, and she's got all kinds of notes on Buckbeak. So I think that they're going to get it figured out. And so we jump back to Remus and he's found another place he can go because the last place was pretty much a dead end. And I love that he shows up at this children's home and the door is opened by a teenage boy. And he's, you know. You didn't hear it. She was going. And I went, Shh, and she woke up. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Okay. Cute. Okay. So, Remus. Yep. And the teenage boy's not supposed to be answering the door, so he's bolted now. And Remus shows a photograph of Adam, and the lady's like, I don't know, but I'll go find his file. And when she's off doing that, these teenage boy and, and who's probably his sister come in, and they know Adam. And so they say, you know, he was our friend. We were together in another home before we came here. And this family came and they wanted to take him home. Adam didn't really want to go, but they made him. And Remus wants to know what he was like. And, you know, he was odd, but he was funny. And he was always able to find things that we lost. And she's, you know. Hufflepuffs are good finders, sorry. (laughs) Hufflepuffs are particularly good finders. So We've used that clip far too much. So, and then the lady comes back and kind of glares at the kids because they're not supposed to be in there. And he's able to get, I think he gets the address of the house of the people that take him. And as they're leaving, the teenagers call from the window and says, Tell Adam we still think about him. We're Luke and Laura. Oh, God. (laughs) Luke and Laura. (laughs) Sorry. Mm-hmm. Isn't that from like General Hospital yes, or something? Yes, from General Hospital. <laughs> well, actually, I read it at first as like Luke and Leia. I was like, really? They didn't just do that, but no, they did it funnier. Luke and Laura. <laughs> we find out that he was admitted to the children's home November twentieth of nineteen eighty one. He was previously in the care of the Musgrove Park Hospital. Ooh. And he was transferred to where he was when St. Mary's closed. So it's been a good day. He's got leads and he's going to go find the Jones family and he's going to go find the hospital and see if he can find out where Adam was or more about Adam. Right. Moving right along. Mm -hmm. He's outside the Jones's house. He is. You're dollar. And he, oh. Still. Can you hear me better now? No. Wow, Still it's worse. Looking. Yeah. Any better? Yes. No, no sort of. <laughs> no, we're getting we're getting um like static, heavy static feedback a little. 
And every time I think to say, oh, and it's gone, it comes back. It starts back again. Any better? No. no. I'm going to drop you and re-add you, see if that helps. Okay. Hello? Hello? Better? Hello. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. So what were you going to say? So we're at the house of Mr. Jones. Mm-hmm. Mr. Jones. And he introduces himself, and he says he's looking for Adam Winters. I have no idea what you're talking about. And so Remus kind of, you know, having given permission from Dumbledore to sort of use force when necessary, a.k.a. spells, lets himself in, and, you know, he basically uses legitimacy, and he finds out what the heck happened. And basically, Mr. Jones had other sons and basically they tormented Adam but Mr. Jones wouldn't take Adam's side on anything so the ch- the other children just kept picking on Adam and finally some accidental magic kept happening and uh, Mr. Jones got mad and they decided basically to leave him on the doorstep of the one home mm-hmm. where was it Julia or not not um, Julie or Alice, it was Alice, was the one who confronted Remus and said his right. parents left here. So that sort of explains that, however. Mm-hmm. And poor um, Adam, you know, and you have to wonder, what possessed them to go and get Adam? I don't know. You know, we were looking for a playmate for our boys. No, you were looking for a punching bag for your boys, because that's what you got him. I mean, everything <clears throat> that happens, the boys are like, he wouldn't share his toys. Adam, you have to share your toys with my sons. But they're my toys. No, they're everybody's toys, and you have to share them. Well, they punched me. Why are you crying? They punched me. Well, what did you do to make them mad at you so that they'd punch you? Right. You know? Yeah. They were awful to him. They were really awful to him. And, you know. Oh, well, and then and then he hits them. Right. And, you know, gee, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a big problem. Yeah. And then he ends up on the kitchen roof or on the roof. And yeah, that's a little remnant of Harry as well. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't stop doing these things, we're going to have to send you away. Yeah, we don't want you. You don't want me anymore. And this is why he changed from this fairly happy-go-lucky kid to Mm -hmm. this really scared and... To to a kid with a sense of humor, to a kid who everything, anytime he does something wrong, he thinks people are going to drop him off at a home. Mm-hmm. Well, and then the guy real, then the guy realizes realizes that he is abusing this child. Right. At least they knew that. I mean, he could have killed yeah. him. Right. Yeah. And so they drive him off, and they leave him at this doorstep, and you know, we took him back where we got him. I swear, and Remus is like, tell the truth. You know, and he's like, "Okay, well, we were too embarrassed to take him back there. We took him somewhere else." Right. And so I hate I hate to diverge on a sci-fi rant, but I've I've been watching Doctor Who, and I watched the beginning of the second episode, and they were they were doing something in Cardiff. So as soon as I read that part, reread that part about Cardiff, I was like, "Oh, Doctor Who!" <laughs> like I'm just as bad as everyone else. Oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, this poor little six-year-old boy doesn't know what to do. No. no. So Remus obliviates him and leaves. And he's, you know, feels this strange mixture of anger and sympathy. They were ill-equipped to deal with someone like Adam, which is juvenile magic. 
and they mistreated him, but, you know, they just didn't know what to do with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you don't know what to do with a child, you don't hit ask, ask somebody for help. Yeah. Yeah. You go to a counselor. You don't, um. Anyway. Mm-hmm. And then we go it's back to Jenny. And all. Yeah. We go back to Jenny. Who is having another nightmare. Dreaming. Hello, italics. I actually read these this time in this story. <laughs> Where are the italics? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, she sent the basilisk out to kill, and of course it's failed again because that dang ghost got in the way. And mm-hmm. now there's another petrified student. And here comes Owen oh, and uh, that half-breed game groundskeeper got another rooster, so it's got to be killed. So she sends the basilisk back to the chamber, and she goes out and she doesn't even wring its neck anymore. She just confringos it. Just blow that baby up. And mm-hmm. then she wakes up again. And here's Adam. Or no, here's Hermione saying, Adam's waiting for you and you're late for breakfast. So she hustles down and lets him know what's going on. What happened. And, and it's just not been a good day. It's not been a good morning. Sometimes you just have a bad day. And of course, of course, today of all days, she gets called on mm-hmm. to do the practical, which is probably what Lockhart should have done in, you know, in the, the actual series, letting a few out to stun. And, rather than all of you know, them. yeah, rather than all of them, Pratifikis Totalis for, for the full body bind. And Ginny just, she can't get a lock on them. Like she, no. she's doing the spell and she just can't. And so finally she's just confirmed. Yeah. She's, you know, they're pulling her hair and they're just, she, she's red. She's got that Weasley temper and that's all it takes. And yeah. Confring goes at it and it misses again and, you know, blows up half the ceiling. <laughs> hey, at least she didn't hit the pixies. That would have been a mess. Yeah. So, oh gosh. So I watched True Blood, and whenever they kill a vampire, like it basically explodes in a gooey, bloody mess. So that's sort of what I was picturing if she hit the pixies. Mm, yep. Yeah. yeah gross. So she anyway. ends up having to go see in detention, and she ends up in detention for tomorrow. And she's for crying. And Adam's like, "Well, it's just detention." And all of a sudden, he goes, "Oh wait." Quidditch tomorrow. And so then he's torn. Oh, I should feel really bad for her, but yay, I get to play! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But really, we learned she she realizes from the dream is where she learned the spell. I used it in my dream to kill a rooster. And then he wants her to teach him. Maybe not that one, but some of the other ones. No, he wants to know. Am I Dalek? No. No. Because you're both Dalek to me. But no, 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 you're you're fine. I'm not recording. As long right. as I sound okay, you're fine. And Calvin's supposed to be off the computer. We had to chase Calvin off because he's been playing online games all day. <laughs> um, like, I hope he's not using all of my broadband because I really don't want to go into rugby minutes. And Mike's like, what does that mean? He's <laughs> like, okay, I have to explain rugby minutes to my brother. This will be fun. But he promised What's he's- what are rugby minutes? <laughs> <laughs> rugby minutes are when Keza was editing podcasts and stuff, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden her download time went from fairly quick to 
you know, less than dial-up speed. Right. She's like, what the heck is going on? Well, she'd gone over her broadband limit. Oh. So the company had slowed everything down, way down, yeah. so she wouldn't have to, speak, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Well, the reason that she'd gone over her limit was because her husband had found online rugby games and had sat and watched rugby all weekend long, so they became <laughs> rugby minutes. You don't have that. I'm sure I don't have rugby minutes, but... We're way on course. When we have rugby minutes, we also find out that Adam couldn't eat his breakfast for the Quidditch match. Oh, oh no. I'm so sorry. Yeah, <laughs> All eat right, his I just want to go to bed. <laughs> but he's using Ginny's broom. Yes. Yes. And he does it. Yay! I'm surprised that Oliver didn't give him the standard lecture. Don't die. <laughs> but die trying. <laughs> die trying. Get that snitch or die trying. <laughs> and, you know, when it was Ginny, he gave way. But Cho, he's like trying to knock her off the broom. Um, yeah. But he, he will not just develop a crush for Cho later on. Um, no. So well, yeah. she's two years older than he is, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. So, catch up the snitch. Apparently, this, the, the chasers are doing a little bit better because they won 250 to 130. It's really funny because I feel like this is the opposite of what happened in the sixth book where Ginny's waiting for them and he comes in well and it's like, we won! Yay! And we all, the peasants rejoice. And they party. Of course. Yep. Well, any excuse to party. Any excuse yeah, to well. party. And then we get back to the italics and we're back in the dreamland and... <laughs> She's in the chamber, and again, we're trying to target someone. Mm-hmm. And it's very important here because Voldemort nearly had control of her body, of the body now. Soon the girl gone for good. She walked purposely towards the chamber, thinking about who would be the next to, to die, and she would need to confront the boy soon, but not yet. And there's plans there that the boy might make a very good right hand, particularly since he knows Parseltongue, and we might be related. Obviously, Voldy did not care about family trees very much. Yeah. I'm sorry, but the water fight was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Yeah. So, you know, uses Aguamente, and she wakes up, and nothing has really happened on this time out, but they have the water fight, which is really funny. He wants her to teach him the Aguamente spell. And she does, and then they have this great water fight, and it's really fun until they take oh God, it inside, <laughs> and yeah. Inside the school. <laughs> it's like having a water balloon fight. Oopsie. Adam Winters! Hi, <laughs> Professor McGonagall! Oops. <laughs> and so we find out that, you know, their exams are finally done, and or no, they're not done, because we're still in February. But Buckbeak is going to be executed. And there's really nothing they can do, and Hermione's really upset. But, you know, she just really hopes someone would come up with a good idea. Mm-hmm. And we're back to Remus. Yep. And he's... And he goes to the hospital. Sneaky to the records room. And, uh... He looked for records for Adam Winters and he couldn't find it, so now he's just looking for children born in a certain time. Yeah. And he actually finds a file that's not labeled. Hmm, this seems to be a bit of a a pattern here. There's no labels and names on anything for this kid. And we find out it's child N, date of birth unknown, 
admitted November 1st, 1981. Yep. And we find out he's suffering from malnutrition, dehydration, and hypothermia. He seems to be severely traumatized. And they name him Adam Winters. And Remus thinks back as to what was going on in November of 1981. Yeah. And he decides he's going to go and track down the police officer, but first he's going to go to Godric's Hollow because, after all, Godric's Hollow isn't very far from Compton. Yeah. Which is where this has happened. Hmm. Plot thickens. It does a bit. <laughs> go. And so we go into <laughs> the next chapter. <laughs> that was for, for Trisha. Um, and we and have another Quidditch match. Where they won. Yes, and they and won the cup. Because, you know, they completely outclassed Draco Malfoy. Well, that's not No, hard. that's not hard. <laughs> yeah. That's not hard. He's a git. <laughs> get on going. And I love this because Adam's tired and Ginny's tired, and Adam says, "But I can't leave. I can't be the first person to leave." And Ginny's like, "Boys," and they fall asleep, and she falls asleep on top of them, and they wake up in the middle of the night, and they've been asleep in the common room, and they're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> you know? Well, and she's had another dream. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that too. But it's, you know, it's the whole, oh no, we're sleeping together thing that kind of freaks them out too. Then they go up to their respective rooms. And then we have Remus going to the police station. To talk to Sergeant James Taylor. I was, I, so I was really thinking about like the artist James Taylor whenever we went that and I had like songs stuck in my head. It was just not a, a pleasant experience. Anyway, so we talked to James Taylor. Yeah, and he can't really, he doesn't remember anything, but he says he'll have the clerk pull the records. And once again, Remus has to wait. And, you know, I have to say, Remus is like the uh, epitome of of patience. Yes, there you go. Because I think I'd have been tearing the place apart if they made me wait for several hours again. But... The child was found in Milverton, and he freezes. Mr. Lupin? And he says, you know, can you tell me who found him? And she says, I can't. And he confundises her and finds out that Lindsay Thomas from Milverton was the one that found the baby. And now it's June 9th, and we're having our exams, and we're back to Adam. And, of course, it's Snape. And he's like, put down your quills, stand up, and leave the room in an orderly fashion. So, yeah, because I'm sure he experienced far too much of people trying to run out of there as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. And they're talking about the exam, and they look in, there's Ron and Hermione and Neville, and they're heading out. And, you know, Ron's like, it's today. They're going to execute him today. And Adam's like, okay, what can we do? And, you know, Ron's like, we're going to go stop. Ginny's like, we're coming. And Ron's like, no, it's going to be dangerous. Mom will kill me if you do this dangerous thing. And Ginny's all ready to start arguing. And Adam's You know, like, it's, I, I, I'm so amused by, we have to keep you safe, but you're taking potions with Snape. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's, 
where's the contradiction in plain sight? Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah, Adam's like, okay, we'll go back to the castle then. And she's just like, what are you doing? And he's like, just smile and once they go, we'll follow them. She's like, oh, good idea. You would think she, like, she, of all speaking, speaking little sisters, would know that by now. You would think, but <laughs> it was Ron pushing her buttons. She was, she was going to just lose her temper. And so they're sneaking down, and of course, here comes the executioner and everybody, and they end up hiding in the garden. And Lucius is with them on this one, and they end up actually stealing Buckbeak, which I yes, love. They do. Which they kind of well, do the, the same thing, is, thing that happened. But the thing is that if we're thinking about what is actually going on here at this point, at no point during the year would Adam have had to learn the Patronus charm. Right. Yep. Which means the Dementors are not at Hogwarts. Nope. Nope. They're not. They're not. Because so why Sirius did he hasn't escaped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have to get rid of Buckwheat a different way. And, and we haven't, have we seen of... Scabbers? Does Ron have Scabbers? Yeah, yeah, but we don't see him. Every time Scabbers sees Adam, he scurries away or hides or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So he does mm-hmm. react to him. Mm-hmm. No, but I was going to say that it is very, a similar situation to what happened in Prisoner of Azkaban because you know, the, there were people in Hagrid's hut. They came in. They saw it. Then Adam and and Ginny take the the hippogriff. Now, what right. changed was the scene after, and right. mm-hmm. they they go after Adam and Ginny out in the forest, and they get stranded. Right. Lucius actually catches Ginny in the forest, and he's, you know, he's not very friendly. No. Stop, girl. Oh, you're a Weasley girl, aren't you? You know, so what if I am? You're up to trouble. And she's like, I'm just going for a walk. And he's going to take her and, you know, we'll we'll find out what you're up to. We're just going to take you and torture you until we figure it out. Well, and he said you were responsible for the attack. Right. How the hell would have he known that? Uh-huh. Yeah. There are some warning signs. And they scurry away, but they get farther and farther into the forest. Well, and it's first, oh, oh they can go in parcel tongue, yeah, and Malfoy Adam, freaks out. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, she understands him. She, she, but it sounds like she's talking to him too. Yeah, it sounded like she did talk to him. It was a little bit of a disconnect there, but it might have just been. Heat of the moment, she could she could do it, but really, in passing everyday garden stakes, she can't. Right, right. So they confringo and impact a tree, and yeah, they take off and they run into the forest, and pretty soon they don't have a clue where they are. They're lost. They're very lost, and so they hollow out a little place and decide to cuddle together and conserve as much body heat as possible and go to sleep because they can't see where they're going in the dark. And we jump to Remus. And Remus has found the woman who found found Adam as a baby. Mm -hmm. And he's telling her, you know, do you know anything about 
this child and she says, you know, I was out for my jog and I found him and I picked him up and he was cold and I went to the, called an ambulance and police came and he, she takes him to the park or she tells him where the park is Mm -hmm. and he goes to the park and it's down the street from the potter's house. No, it's down the street from where Sirius and Peter had their big fight. Well, and it's also, it was on the street. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, you're right. And she says, you know, he was wrapped in this blanket, and when the ambulance and the police left, I still had the blanket, and I didn't know what to do with it. So if you're going to see him again, I'd like to return it to him, but I have to go dig it out of the attic. And Remus is like, okay, right. I'm going to go check out the park, and I'll come back. So... That's what happens. And, well, and yeah. And he's, you know, searching the bushes, and of course, there's nothing to see. But he realizes how close he is to the place where Sirius and Peter had their big blow up. Right. And when he goes back to her house, he gets the blanket and he looks at the blanket, and there's something very distinctive on it. And yeah. it's a very familiar stag. And he's like, oh, no. Oh, crap. <laughs> Albus. <laughs> yeah. Get your butt over here. <laughs> and Albus is ignoring him, and he's not having a good time with this, man. Yep. So we get back to Jenny in, in the forest. Mm-hmm. And she and hears something coming. And of course, we wouldn't be in the forest if we didn't get the spiders. Oh, right. God. So, of course, they run, and they're using the Fringo, and it's really not helping. They just run and run and run and run. And finally, they keep saying die. They really have have a one-track mind. And she falls. Yeah. And hurts her foot, her leg. And we come, and luckily, Friends was there. Yay. And he, yeah. he's like, well, you know, they scare off easily, and luckily for you, your chase led them to the very edge of the territory. If they knew I was alone, it would not be so easy. And he lets Jenny ride on his back. Yep. Because and there are people injured. searching in the forest. Yeah. Because she's injured. And you'll notice, I love this. I love this. Where he says, what are your names? And he says, I'm Adam Winters, and I'm Jenny Weasley. And Jenny sees, and he has, he looks up. Mm-hmm. He's reading the stars. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Mars is very bright tonight. <laughs> yeah. He says, you should stay together. Yeah. And Adam's like, why would I leave her now? But he doesn't get it. It's you know, yeah. prophecy-ish. So, and Dumbledore's found them. Yay! The peasants we go to the hospital wing. Woo-hoo. They're always in the hospital wing. Mm-hmm. And we'll discuss the events. So he's like, Adam's so fed up of, of the hospital wing. <laughs> Adam Pomper, I love, I love her. That you shouldn't do things to land yourself in here. <laughs> I, I love and, the, uh, I have a complaint that you attacked Lucius Malfoy. Is this true? She says, no, he attacked me. He took my wand. Ah, I did think it was unusual for someone who was so brutally attacked to have their opponent's wand. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, it was him. He's the one that took the diary. He's the one who gave me the diary. And- Dumbledore's like, well, how do you think that works? And she's thought about it, and she's like, wait a minute. My cauldron got knocked over, and then the diary was in it, and so he must have done it. Yeah. And you know, Dumbledore, she's screaming at this point. Dumbledore's like, calm down, calm down. I'll investigate, but 
it's going to be really hard to pin anything on him. They want to know why he was in the forest. Forest, yeah. And that the hippogriff mysteriously finished. Those hippogriffs. What hippogriff? I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hippogriff? What hippogriff? What hippogriff? There was a hippogriff? And we have uh, Ron and Hermione and Neville that are going, Good job! How did you do that? Now it's like, well, we weren't going to just let him die. <laughs> yeah. You nearly got my sister killed. Yeah, well. <laughs> Go, Ron. Errol arriving. Dear Adam, I just wanted to let you know that Mr. Weasley has talked to the ministry and you are coming to our house this summer. Woo-hoo! Yay! Yay! Peasants P- really rejoicing right now. P.S. We will be having words about you and Ginny going exploring. <laughs> <laughs> just glad it wasn't a howler. Yep. And they talk about what classes they're going to take in third year. And they sort of decide, Adam decides, basically based on what Ginny decides, which is care magical creatures and erythmancy. So, clearly ancient ruins isn't their fantasy no. at all. And Ron says, well, and then Ron, it's easy, but yeah, yeah, you don't learn anything. And then Ron talks about, well, at least you're only taking two. Yeah. Hermione like took Hermione. them all. Yeah. And they go talk they, to They McGonagall. make fun of him, and they think Ryan has a crush on Hermione. Mm-hmm. No, really? Who made you think that? And oh, then I don't know. Hmm. We have Remus, who's yeah. a little annoyed at Mr. Dumbledore, furious even because he's not answering his flu. Mm. <laughs> and finally, we've, you know, cause, because he's been out searching the forest, but, you know, Remus isn't know that. And no, Adam's missing, you know, just the whole thing. Yeah. And so we find out about the blanket. And he, mm-hmm. you know, Adam was asked if he said anything to anyone, and he says the blanket's Harry's. I'm sure of it. So I'm wondering, how did Adam end up with it? I can only think of one possible explanation. That just seems, I think your suspicions are correct. But it can't be true. He doesn't look anything Adam, like him. Well, yeah, but- Adam is Harry. Yeah. But I've conducted blood tests. Good. I love this trick that Albus has played on him. Remus, before we continue, I need you to give me your word that you will not tell another soul what you have found out or what we're about to discuss. And Remus is like, yeah, no problem. Because he's not thinking. Because part of that soul or, you know, part of that pact is now he can't tell Adam. Right. Right. Yeah. He's not going to be a happy camper. No, but, you know, we got to get angry, upset Harry at some point. So mm-hmm. so we find out that Adam is Harry, that his blood test came back, and that's why he sort of sent Remus on this errand. And Albus says, and, we're not telling him, not yet. Because as long as he doesn't know who he is and nobody else knows who he is, he's safe. So yeah. Sirius did something to hide Harry, and he hid him too well. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that's what we're led to believe. Right. At this point. That's what Dumbledore thinks, Remus or says. In Dumbledore mm-hmm. thinks, yes. Yep. And Albus wants to know, they found him, Adam Harry, on November the 1st at 7 p.m., and we know that Sirius killed Peter about 2 p.m., so he was out there for at least five hours. Right. No wonder he was dehydrated and hypothermic and all of that. Right. Yep. 
And so Remus starts telling him the story of what happened. And that's it. Yep. So that is the end of Connections. Those, dun, 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 dun. those of you who thought that Harry might actually be Adam or Adam might actually be Harry, seems that you were well. correct. But that still doesn't explain why he doesn't look like Harry. Doesn't explain why nobody can send him owls and he can do magic. What a cool thing, you know? He doesn't have the trace on him. Or he does, but he doesn't. Nope. Well, he does, but it's... They can't trace him with A him. moot point, yeah. Yeah. Well, that might come in handy later. And, mm-hmm. you know, so there's still some questions that we need to find out because... There's, I mean, he doesn't look like Harry. He doesn't, there, yeah, there's a few things. It'll be interesting to to see where we go from here. Yep. So we bring you next week on um, when the next podcast is released. We're doing Harry Potter Revelation, which is the next portion of the Bear series. Yes. And then we're going to stop. And if you enjoy these, you'll have to keep reading. Right, <laughs> and they're actually Next. still a work in progress. They are uh, the the one that he's working on right now is the sixth one, book six. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have connections. Well, and the next yeah. one that we're doing next week is Revelation. Yeah. And maybe he said, I'm just checking the last one. Uh, he said the la- the next chapter should be up before the end of the month. And I will finish yeah. this story. So it's going to be end of the the end of the month is August 2011. <laughs> yeah. By the, time this, by the time this comes out, it will be well finished, I think. By yeah, the time this comes out, the end of the world should have come and gone. <laughs> we should close on this. You guys want to talk about it for a minute or shall we just say goodnight? This is a very interesting story. Go read it. Mm-hmm. Read past what we've read. You know, read past what we are going to read. It's very good. I mean, it, as an alternate reality fic, it's. I think I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I have to say that before listening to PFW, I never thought I'd like AUs, but really, they're probably what I enjoy reading the most. I mean, I like AUs that can still kind of possibly have happened. In canon, um, I'm so it, it, I really do enjoy it, and I think that this story is a really great way to show a what happens if when you're thinking about it. And I really think that Bear's fleshed out a lot and and has has done some really good writing here and some awesome techniques with how he he portrayed Tom with Ginny from the diary as she remembers and and just this sprinkling of how Adam came into existence. But we now know that he's Harry. But how did he mm-hmm. become Adam? Yeah. So keep reading. There's sort of like this similar aspect to when we read the canon. Okay, we have this story done, but there's just a whole nother cliffhanger waiting for us. So it's kind of awesome. And keep reading. And I think you all like it. Yes, I agree. It's really going to be an amazing journey. And I think that it's going to be really fun to see how we get there. Yep. Yep. So, well, and next time we'll have a guy here. <laughs> we're Aww. kind of we're kind of testosterone uh uh um 
what's the word I'm looking for? Lacking? Um, no. Uh, I don't remember the word. Oh, we're wow. all estrogeny. <laughs> no, it's 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 oh, t- we're testosterone deprived tonight. Ah, there we go. Oh. <laughs> so. Well, good night, Heather. Thank you. Good for night, Sue. Us. Good night, Sally. So late. Yeah, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Yes. Good night, right. everybody. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.